Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL Anelson expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Ah, Week one coming to a close in NHL free agency, and the Islanders are all quiet on the Eastern Front, Grump. Eastern, Western northern southern fronts every front quiet <laughs> everyone oh man oh man um today uh we are going to be talking a little bit a few updates we're also going to be opening up the phone lines i know we didn't have them open on wednesday the day of the the beginning of nhl free agency but we want to hear what you guys are thinking, you know, what your thought process are, where you think we are as an organization. If you're worried, you know, hey, you want to get some anger out, get some anger out, get some venting out, do that as well, right? Um, you know, we'll be the calm ones, I guess, today <laughs> if you want to be angry. Um, but that being said, if you're new to the show, welcome. This is a twice a week Islanders podcast that happens every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. Um, you can also check out another podcast we have, which is a uh, all sports podcast that happens every single Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Now, on that podcast, we talk everything sports. We talk NHL. We talk NBA. We talk college athletics. We talk MLB. We talk anything and everything, European soccer, NFL, anything and everything sports we talk about on that podcast. Also, we've got some fan fights, which are always a fun segment. It's a it's a not trying to be you know that cheesy, but fan fights are a fan favorite segment. Um, so make sure you give that that a look at. Make sure you give that a little listen to if you've got some time. Absolutely. Sunday, Sunday, 9 p.m. or Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That could be found in the link in the description below. It can also be found as a featured page on our YouTube channel here, Grumpy. Look at it. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. I see that. I and don't hold TJ accountable to the exact time of, you know, the shows because, well, uh, is that, I often say eight o'clock and nine o'clock TJ time. Ah, TJ time. That's right. That's right. Comfy. Oh goodness. Um, let's first talk about hot topic issue grump. Um, it is now Saturday evening and the Islanders have not made any moves. 
not made any free agent signings. I think they're the only team who have not made any free agent signings so far this year. Well, Nashville hasn't signed an outside free agent. They did sign Forsberg, but not an outside free agent. Okay. So we're the only team. Okay. So Nash- Nashville really hasn't signed any free agents, huh? Uh, they signed first Forsberg. I think that was their loan free agent signing, if you will. That was, that was at the end of the day on Thursday. It was like that. But let me take a look. I'll take a look to see if they've signed anybody else. But okay. Even if we're one of two teams in the entire league that didn't make any free agent signings, it's not good when you're, when you're the last one to make any moves. How many moves did we make last year? Um, on the first, second, first 40 days of free agency? None. The year before, how many free agent signs do we have? None. We never make any signings. We don't do anything on free agent days. Just don't. Happy happy with this team. Greatest team ever in the history of organized sports. Why else? Why would you make a move? We know they don't win anything. What does that matter? Doesn't matter. Frustrating. Just frustrating. But are we surprised, really? Nope. Not surprised, but I think we all wanted more. And I think we expected more, right? When people people had different people had different thought processes coming into free agency. Some obviously, right? You like the dream of the best case scenario, and you know, you you probably fall somewhere in the middle, right? It's never as good as you can dream it to be. Um but this is, I don't think anybody else had a thought, a, a legitimate thought that things would be as quiet and as underwhelming as it currently is. I know people in the comments, right? And we've even said the Islanders are going to do nothing over free agency. But when you say it, right, it's a little hyperbolic. Oh, they're going to do nothing, not going to do anything. But the Islanders seriously have done nothing so far in free agency. Absolutely is it, nothing. Is it really hyperbolic? Those are just facts. Hey, okay, you're trying to conflate it. When you say nothing, it's not like, okay, when people are saying that, I, I found it hard to believe that people actually meant the Islanders are going to literally do nothing. But we never do anything. They may do something, but it's just kind of odd that first week through free agency, they have literally done nothing. But that's what we do every year. We do nothing during the free agency period. Nothing. Nothing. I mean... I. Is there anyone out there that you could even think could help the team now? I mean, nobody maybe, I'm interested in. Maybe Kadri, but I mean, no, thank you. Do you want to give Kadri a seven-year deal at thirty-one years old? I don't. I mean, all right, he might be good for a year or two, and then it's like you know you got another Anders Lee type situation on hand, or an Andrew Ladd situation before that. I just, again. 31 years old, sorry, not paying. You want to give a guy 31 a two, three-year deal, that's fine. Um, but I'm I, no, it's a no for me. What does he help? I mean, he's a better player. He's we want, probably the second-best offensive player on the team. But it's like now you got to play shuffle in the deck. Who's going to sit? Who's not? You're going to have to move somebody off your team. I just don't know if Lamarillo is capable of doing any of that right now. I just I have no faith in him. I, I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone has faith in him. There is one person who has a lot of faith in Lou Lamarillo, and we'll show that later. Oh, um, okay, I thought I I thought that just fed you into a nice little segue there, and you just dropped the ball on it. Uh, 
Grump, because I'm not done talk. There's still a few items I want to hit on on this. We talk about. I don't think anybody has faith in him at the moment. I kind of wanted to move that in the next section. I don't think Lou Lamarillo is coming back after next season, right? He's got one year left as a general manager. I seriously think he's stepping away at the end of this time period. I could definitely see that. I could seriously see that. I hope so. But, you know, I hear the comments of the owner, and it makes me say, I'm not thinking that. Okay, Grump, I know you want to keep hammering that fucking point, so we'll just go ahead and move to that. Go ahead, Grumpy, steer it the way you want. That's fine. Why don't, um, you, why don't you let everyone listen? I think it's... There's other things I want to talk about. You don't... Okay, when you try to plan out a show, you don't go ahead and just go, we'll plop it in anywhere we want, but that's fine. So John Ledecky was was caught, or he was, he was filmed um, kind of walking. They were doing... Uh, I can't remember exactly what it is. They were doing good works. Um, so they were helping out, I believe, members of the community, altruistic events, um, you know, uh, very, you know, philanthropic in, in nature. And he was he was that somebody saw him on the side of the street when he was walking through a neighborhood. And they said, oh, my God, that's John Ledecky. I've got a question to ask him because the Islanders haven't done really much yet. I've got a question for John Ledecky. John Ledecky accepts <laughs> the interview from the fan on the street. It's not a fan. It was a guy who's a reporter for Newsday. Okay, hold on. This was a reporter for Newsday. He took he took an interview from Newsday as he was walking down the street like this. He should have been more, he should have been much more prepared for this interview. Then, I guess I never really looked to see the little microphone that they've got at the bottom of that screen. So my mistake. And now, if I if I hide this, you can't see the microphone. How many freaking people on the street have microphones? Um, but thanks for that, Grump. Uh, but my God, I would have expected a much more articulate answer than this. Then, so John Ledecky was interviewed not by a rando fan walking down the street by the news interviewed uh, about the Islanders lack of movement. So I'll just let it take it from here. Grump. So your message to Islander fans during free agency who may be a little nervous right now is what? Well, and Louie trust Lou Lamorello. People really quickly forget that Lou Lamorello won the GM of the year twice in a row and he has won four Stanley cups. And if I'm, if I could bet on one person to bring another Stanley Cup to Long Island, it's Lou Lamorello. He has a plan, he has a strategy, and he keeps his cards very close to his vest, which is really important when you're trying to build a Stanley Cup winner. I'll let you first get your response to Grump. You and I disagree on this, but I'll let you first get your response out. It sounds like he's just clueless to what's going on with this team. Um, I... To me, it sounds like, hey, in lieu we trust. In lieu we trust, he came out. He actually said that. I mean, if you're looking to get rid of somebody or have somebody's contract expire, you wouldn't say in lieu we trust. Where's the follow-up question? Well, what is his plan? I mean, didn't seem like he had a plan last year or the year before or the year before that. Can you tell us, is the plan just to run the same outfit back every year? What is the plan? Can you give us some type of a little inkling of what the plan Sustenance. is. You're the freaking owner. I realize Lou keeps things too close to the vest, but you're the owner. I are you, are you privy to the plan? And then he would answer that. And I says, okay, do you think you're going to be able to accomplish the plan? Those are just a couple of easy follow-up questions. Very easy. 
and they would he would he would you know he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna beat around the bush he's not gonna give an exact answer i'm gonna listen to it one more time and i'm gonna share what i think about it just so everybody can listen to this fantastic little soundbite and clip one more time so your message to islander fans during free agency who may be a little nervous right now is what well and louis trust lou lamorello people really quickly forget that lou lamorello won the gm of the year twice in a row and he has won four stanley cups and if i'm if i could bet on one person to bring another stanley cup to long island it's lou lamorello he has a plan he has a strategy and he keeps his cards very close to his vest which is really important when you're trying to build a stanley cup winner you know what honestly it reminds me of grump it reminds me go ahead one more time give me give me a last last thought on it have the islanders won a stanley cup when was the last time Lou Lamarillo won a Stanley Cup? 2003? Two that's, decades ago. That's 20 years ago. The game has changed. I, I, I'm i just baffled. Oh, that's how you build it. Keeping, a, keeping your cards close to your vest. That's how you build a Stanley Cup winner. Is that how Tampa Bay's done it? Is that how Colorado did it? Everybody knew what they were doing, and they just made it happen. Well, I mean, if your plan, maybe his plan is to do nothing. If so, he's accomplished his plan. Well, the other thing is Lou Lamarillo won three cups, not four. So I'm like, he doesn't even know how many cups Lou won. But that being said, when I listen to that response, it sounds almost like it's theater. To me, it sounds like somebody who's the owner of a company going out there and saying, I'm still trying to sell season tickets because guess what? We're well below the mark right now. We're trying to give these exec- executive suites away. We're trying to fill the seats. And the fan base right now is very disgruntled and upset. We're the only team that hasn't made any substantial additions or re-signings of players. Um, and we just looks like we're sitting still. I think it's almost like, oh, things are not looking good right now. So I need to reassure the fan base everything is okay, even though he knows it's not okay. There's no way he's legitimately thinking to himself, "Hey, I trust Lou, baby. Put all the trust in Lou. I believe in Lou." That uh, it's a facade. It's just it's like when they're going out there before before the company, they're going to get they're going to release earnings and oh my god, the earnings going to be bad. Oh yeah, we're working hard. We're doing this. A lot of reasons to be excited and enthusiastic. And on the other hand, he knows things are burning on the inside of the company. He knows things are burning from the Islanders inside out. He knows the fan base is upset, disgruntled. He knows based off of those season ticket holder numbers, fans are not happy. They're upset. And he spent how many millions, millions of dollars building this arena? Okay, but the people that he's trying to hit up for these tickets, they've watched the product on the ice. They've seen how bad it's been. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't under, uh, to me, uh, he seems like, he seems like he's clueless. Islander fans, and we discussed this, Islander fans, because of years of futility, decades of futility, have the, it could have been worse mentality. That has been beaten into Islander fans after years and years and years of sub-mediocrity. So what he's trying to do, I believe, is go back and say, we're still in this, guys. Things are still going to be in a good direction. In lieu, we trust. Islander fans, you talked about it. What would be the good thing to put on a shirt? Well, it could have been worse. That is what we get beaten and driven into because things are always so freaking bad. At least they have been in the past. Things have been so bad that that's the only way to cope with what you're seeing or the lack of what you're seeing to improve the team and make it take a step forward. Things could have been worse. That's what he's trying to hammer home.
I mean, and I think like that. Well, he's not. He's not trying to hammer home things could have been worse. I think there's a, a group of the fan base who believe things could always be worse. What he's trying to say here is Lou has had very successful stints as a gentleman. He's won three cup before, right? He's back to back, back to back general manager of the year, and you're questioning him because you know how you know how could you question him? Look at the results: three cups, two back to back general manager of the years. That's what he's trying to do. He, don't, I don't believe for one second he believes the shit that's coming out of his mouth. And I if do. you think that, I think you're, I, I think you're not seeing, you're, you're, you're not seeing the forest for the trees. I, I feel less confident that this will be his last year. I really? think, gonna, I think he's going to let him stay there as long as he wants. Wow. I just, I'm getting that feeling. I mean, he re- keeps on the same talking points. Nothing ever changes. Two time GM of the year. He made three trades in two years, and that got him two GM of the year awards. For suboptimal players, and you gave up a lot. I mean, I don't know. Look at what Tampa Bay did those two years. They made moves at the deadline that put them over the top. That's what a real GM of the year does. His team wins championships. We've never won anything. This Islander group has never won anything. Never won anything. Not a division title, not a conference title, not a Stanley Cup. The biggest, you know, what can you say your biggest accomplishment was? You got beat by the Stanley Cup champion two years in a row. Whoop-de-damn-do. I just, these, when he says this, it disturbs me. If he was unhappy, he could have said something like, well, you know, maybe we need to look at doing things a little bit differently. We want to get in on these players more. I mean, what is the plan? Really quickly, as the owner of the team, whose season ticket sales are way down at the moment, why would he be at all saying, "Mm, maybe I wish we could do things differently? Hell no, he's not going to do that. Just like any type of company, when things are not good, they want to show a unified front. Lou Lamarillo, which all he gives a shit about is the money that goes in his pocket. And you know what? By proxy, the Islanders have to win and be successful for more money to come in his pocket. So that's the extent of how badly he wants a team to be successful. It's not like... Oh man, I really love the Islanders. I can care less if we're losing and eating a hunt. We're eating, you know, losses every single year. I don't care too much about that. I've got enough money. I just really want the Islanders to be successful. No, it's all about the money. And what are you going to do when tickets are way down? What are you going to do? Oh, we believe in Lou. In Lou, we trust. Fan base, you have to trust them. I'm telling you, you are going to be thinking back six months from now how foolish you were when you see how solid the team is around the trade deadline, how solid our team is halfway through the year. That's what he's trying to say. Uh, okay, I think, like I said, listening to him say that what he just said is scary to me. I don't think it's for season tickets. I think he's just trying to – he knows the people are unhappy, the fans are unhappy, so yeah. now he's just – spitting anything out there to try to do damage control. I just, I mean, I don't know. But when you, his first comments are in Louis trust, his next comment, people forget he's two time GM of the year. Who gives a shit? I mean, who did he acquire? Kyle freaking Palmieri, Andy freaking green and JG Pajot. Are any of them difference makers? Did they make, did they make this team appreciably better? The answer is no, but that gets you two JM of the year awards. Okay. Must be giving those away. I'll bet you three quarters of the teams in the NHL probably saying the same thing about their GM. Well, we really were GM of the year. Look what Lamarillo did. Dud. It was a dud. Yeah. Look what he's done. 
Um, well, let's let's kind of move that right. You think he's going to be here long term? I think it's as simple as that's just speak. That's owner speak. It's like coach speak. It's like general manager speak. It's they're does never going to tell you. As, if he's he, upset, what grump? Does he strike you as somebody who's really media savvy? Um, yes, Ledecky. Yes. Really, he's the fucking clown that goes out there. Oh yeah, I'm riding the train. Woo. You don't see Malcolm in any of these items because he's the guy who's not at all media savvy that's the guy who i don't think would have the inkling would have the ability to do that and ability to conceal his actual motions ledecky is the goofy guy yeah that's him there's a reason why they cart him out all the time we don't cart out malcolm can can you even tell me what malcolm looks like if you popped up a hundred different people and you popped up that goofy ass smile of john ledecky i'd be able to say that's ledecky i couldn't even tell you what malcolm looks like okay well he looks like the guy who plays for the pittsburgh penguins right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I mean, just saying, I'm just that's 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 the guy they wheel out to go ahead and, and to make the public appearances the show face they don't ever you don't see malkin going down out of, of his office to go ahead and do those those uh, philanthropic works to give you know the vehicles to a family that's you know impoverished you don't see him ever on those items it's always ledecky there's a reason for that yeah i'm just i mean where are the follow-up questions that's a 30 second interview 30 seconds 30 seconds where's the follow-up the follow-up is, um, are you privy to his plans? Because it doesn't seem like he has one. I mean, is his plan not to do anything during the free agency period? Because that's what it seems like to me. To fans right now, they're up in arms. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, where's the follow-up question? They just let him say whatever he wanted, and I, that's it? Oh, okay. I would ask him another question. Make him at least change his facial expression. Ask him a couple of tough questions. Have the grumpy old man ask him some questions? He'd be run. They would have whisked him away. Here's the thing: they don't ever ask tough questions. Uh, Tim W, thank you for this one. He says Zach Sanford signed for Nashville. He originally came from, I believe, it was the Blues. Or uh, last year, he split time between Ottawa and Winnipeg, and uh, he wound up signing with Nashville. So technically, every team in the NHL has made a free agent signing from somebody outside the organization but the Islanders at this point. Scary. Scary. Didn't make the playoffs. You can't even say, and I hate this phrase when teams use it, we won a championship, let's run it all back. How dumb that is, right? Just stupid. Made up. I hate it. But it's like, okay, I could see if you win a championship and your team, your core is rock solid and, you know, you – you just say, yeah, we want to bring everybody back. That's fine. Is that the case with this team? Even close? Hell, hell no. I mean, I don't know anybody who can genuinely say I have faith in Lou Lamarilla right now. That's why I don't believe Ledecky's being genuine. I believe it's part of the show. I think he's got him snowed. Oh, he's you really think he's that, the year. You really think he's that daft and dumb? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Really? No, man, I'm telling you. No freaking way. He's I, not that I, dumb. Like I said, I would say uh, you, you need to answer the question for the fans. Yeah, we were disappointed we didn't get Goudreau. Lou's got some more irons in the fire, though. He's got he's got a plan B. He could have said that. He didn't. He didn't say that at all. Well, let's, here's the thing. Lou doesn't have a plan B. Well, do you remember we talked about how great it would be if we signed – Johnny Goudreau, how he was needed, a necessity, adding a legitimate <clears throat> top-line winger, a guy who could be a fantastic line mate with, with Matt Barzal. Well, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Elliot Freeman, 
who on the day of free agency, right, I think he was off a few times on Johnny Goudreau, reported the big contract offer from the Devils, reported this, reported that. The Islanders and the Devils are the two teams in on Johnny Goudreau. Well, he and a few other sources that we've got close to the show happen to say that that may not be the case. Elliot Freeman said on his 32 Thoughts podcast that uh, he believes, and he said there's no way of knowing this for sure because it's Lou Lamarillo, but he genuinely believes that it was only a three-team race for Johnny Goudreau. The only teams that were in on him were Calgary, Columbus, and New Jersey. No he also Islanders? said that there was no evidence that the, the New Jersey Devils offered $10 million AAV. So what about the Islanders? Good question. From sources again, um, you know, it's every, you never really know with Lou Lamarillo, but I heard sources that he was disgruntled that we didn't, we were not serious really with the offer, at least comparatively to what other teams had offered him. And he was upset by that. Remember how you said, Grump, and Elliot Friedman said on Wednesday, the day that the NHL free agency started, that Johnny Goudreau's agent had to reach out to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we thought that's odd. Why is Johnny Goudreau's agent reaching out to the Columbus Blue Jackets? And if he was always penciled into going to Columbus, why would they have to reach out? Because they already would have had something worked out before free agency started, right? It doesn't make sense. Why would he be reaching out to Columbus? Well, what we've heard may kind of loop into why they had to reach out to Columbus. Apparently, he was talking with the Islanders, was talking with Lou Lamarillo, and also Andrews Lee was there in some capacity. That's the rumor. Don't don't kill the messenger. It may not be true, but that's just what we had heard. And uh, he was upset that the offer that we had made was not sufficient in that area. And that's when his his agent looked elsewhere because he what he didn't want to buy back into the rebuild. I don't think of the Devils, but I think of Columbus. They're in a rebuilding process too, right? You hear from Elliot Freeman. Didn't want to buy in on that Devils rebuild. Well, Columbus is in a rebuild as well. People said, oh, well, it's because Columbus, Ohio is such a nice area. Really? Columbus, Ohio is a nice area, Grump? I don't know. So it, it this has brought more questions to the forefront than anything else. We have no idea what Lou actually did or didn't do. But when I see guys like Elliot Freeman coming out there and saying, I'm not sure, but genuinely, I believe it was a three-team race and the Islanders were not involved in a serious capacity. That fucking bothers me. Why should it bother you? Honestly, that is, that's exactly how the Islanders operated for dozens, for, for how many years now? They wear in on these guys, but they're really not. The futility of the Islanders and the ineptness of the Islanders when it comes to free agency and it comes to wanting to be good is right back here. It took two years for it. To, it took a year or two for it to disappear. And just a matter of freaking minutes, it's back. Because you're right. They used to do that every year. Oh, the Islanders are in on Kachuk. The Islanders are in on this guy. They're in on that guy. But they never were serious at all. And to see when we had the cap space, we had the ability to add a guy who is a franchise caliber left wing, and we could have got him because we had cap space to pair him up with Matt Barzal, which would have really been a dynamite dynamite duo. We don't eat, we're not even serious with our offer. That does bother me a lot. It should bother you too, Grump. What I'm saying is I'm not surprised. That's the way they've operated forever and ever and ever, just to keep the fan base, oh, well, let's throw them a bone. Say, yeah, we really want these guys. Oh, we got outbid. This happened. That happened. This way the people say, oh, at least they're trying. 
to me, it seems like they're not even trying. It's just, like I said, was that your plan A? Because I can't believe it was your plan A because if he would have signed that Calgary uh, contract the day before, then what was your plan? I mean, Calgary offered a lot more money than anybody else. And everyone, everyone thought he was going back to Calgary. And if that was the case and Lamarillo doesn't even contact him, what's your plan B? If he would have signed the night before with Calgary, then what were you going to do? And here's the thing. If you offer him a contract, and I don't know if they did what it was, and he didn't answer positively at all, and all of a sudden you don't hear from him all day, and you hear – because if Elliot Friedman is hearing that the agent is contacting Columbus, don't tell me that the other teams don't know that. They all know it. Exactly. All that information easily gets spread across the league. And here's the thing. Elliot Freeman, for those of you who are not familiar, he's a guy with – he's like a Wozniacki of the NBA. He's like Adam Schefter of the NFL. He gets – and he's like Darren Drager. They get all this information. They're very well connected. It's not like this is – Hey guys, I think I've got a I've got an inside rumor from my friend who's whose brother-in-law's with the guy who ties the skates of Matt Barzal. No, no, it's not like that. Elliot Freeman gets legitimate information. He knows quite a bit of what's going on in the inner workings of the NHL. Yeah, I just for me, and I'll I'll just say it again, if if Elliot Freeman's hearing it, everybody in the league has heard it. It's not like he's getting fed information from Columbus or from the agent. Yep. The agent's there to try to drum up business any way he can. Yes. And if he sees, okay, these are the offers we're getting. Let's go contact somebody else. I mean, and then you see what he signed for in Columbus. What could the they, Islanders offer have been if they even made an offer? If they were even in them. He says he doesn't even think they were in on it. So maybe the Islanders were le- – I don't know who was leaking what. It doesn't matter. He was never coming to, to the Isles. Never happening. Because we – don't pull off moves like that. Too afraid. I don't know what the reason is. Not good enough to make it happen. Who knows? But, I mean, as a fan, I absolutely believe that the media, the cartel, which I am the enemy of, it doesn't surprise me that they leak all that stuff. Not at all. Trying to keep the fans pacified for another failed season up ahead. I, right now, we're not good enough to make the playoffs right now. Not good enough. You look at teams who've made moves post free agent, the start of free agency. Look what Pittsburgh's done. They revamped they revamped their defense core in one day. Mm. I mean, look at the Devils. I mean, they picked up a defenseman today, right? From Pittsburgh. I just, I'm just kind of. And what are the Islanders doing? Sitting on their hands, not doing anything. They think we're good enough. I'm sorry, I just don't believe it. It's a scary thought for me to even try to imagine. Maybe again, it's it's the optimism in me to think that our gen, our ownership cannot be that dumb. Our general manager, our general manager cannot be that blind and in the dark from the obvious the obvious flaws that we have on this team. But they've had the same flaws since he's been there and he's done nothing to fix it. Nothing externally to fix it. Except this is, this hey, is we- the first year that we did not see any results of any sorts. This is the worst season. We've had under Lou Lamarillo as a general manager, and we had under Barry Trotz. We didn't make the playoffs the first time since those guys joined. It's not like we every year in the past we at least won one playoff round, and other times we were more successful. This year we didn't even come close to sniffing the playoffs. 18 points out of a playoff spot. This was the chance to make meaningful moves because guess what? 
we weren't good enough last year. Here are the results. It's not like, oh, we could say we got we could hang our hat on making the playoffs and making it to the back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. No, there was none of that. Okay, you don't hang your hat on being a loser. If you're not winning, you're a loser. If you're not first, you're last, as Ricky Bobby would say. But, I mean, but for ye- how many years now? They admitted it. The GM and the coach admitted it. Yes, we need to get more pop in the offense. We need to go out and acquire some wingers or some offensive personnel because we need to score more goals. Have they ever done that? No. The only time he ever makes a move is when he pisses away draft picks on uh, on um, trade deadline day. That's it. That's all they've ever done. So it weakens our position going into the draft. If we had kept all those picks, think about the picks we could have had. All those years we were just pissing away first-round picks and drafting the likes of Simon Holmstrom. And then you see, you know, Kyle Palmieri, Andy Green, who's gone, Travis Zajac, who cares? And then, uh, you know, J.G. Pajot, who I like. But, you know, it is what it is. He's hurt a lot. I just – no high-end talent. That's the issue on this team. No high-end talent. Just none. One guy. One guy who has high-end talent. Everybody else, throw them in the freaking blender, spit them back out. They're all the same. All the same. Mm. Next year, when we don't make the playoffs again, Time to jettison some of these vets. Is Lou capable of doing that? I don't think so. Well, look at this grumpy old man. I, before we open up the phone lines, Newsday was very tough on Lou Lamarillo after oh. not making any moves, grumpy. And I, I don't, I'm, I don't this, even read. This doesn't tell you the. If this does not tell you how the Islanders media cartel runs. I don't know what will. Grumpy, now what are you wearing? Can you can you stand up? I want to see your shirt. Or let me see your shirt that you've got on. Enemy of the cartel, right? The cartel media. Well, this is a rare, necess- necess- necessary, sorry, I can't read. A rare but necessary accountability check here by Andrew Gross from Newsday. Will it help push the needle? And on the front page, I've got Silence of the Lamb. Honestly, I kind of like, like the title. The title's catchy as hell. Um, but you should always be critical and dubious of your general manager and the organization if you write for him. That's your job as a reporter. I always want you to be dubious. Please be dubious. It shouldn't just be like things are going great. We're doing fantastic. What's your favorite? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? No, you should always be asking the hard, tough questions. You should always be pressing. I and it and it brings me to another question. When do you think the first time we hear from Lou Lamarillo is going to be? Is it going to be at the NHL trade deadline? Is it going to be the start of camp? I mean, when's the first time you think we hear from Lou Lamarillo? They'll talk to him the beginning of the season, right? What did they do at the end? Whenever you hear from Lamarillo, it's always damage control, right? Remember that- him two or three times at the NHL trade deadline when the Islanders did nothing. And all of a sudden, he goes, I mean, he never goes on the regular broadcast. He just doesn't do it. Shannon. A sit down with Shannon Hogan. Over two periods, he two. brought him out. And I said, oh, man, oh, man, they're hearing it from the people. Or they're hearing it from somewhere. They're doing damage control. Hockey trades, hockey trades, hockey trades. Who are you trading? You haven't traded anybody off of this bloated, uh, the bloated salary team that you have. Not one player. You trade that another first-round draft pick, though, got no problem doing that. That was our hockey trade this year. That was our move. I just That was the big move. I said it on draft night. I said, Holy crap, that is awful. That is our big move this year. 
I just wonder if Gaudreau rejected them or just said they, yeah, whatever. Oh, you made well, me maybe offer serious. Maybe the Islanders really weren't that serious. Uh, that's what I think. I think they just threw a number out there so they could pacify the fans. And then you listen we to an offer. We offered him eight and a half or nine million when every other team's offering more than you. You think he's going to take a discount having never been to, never been on Long Island like that? You think he's going to take the least amount of money to come play for you? That's funny. Maybe that's ownership. What I think. Maybe ownership says, hmm, you know what? We've always we've given you whatever you needed. You wanted to sign useless pieces of shit like Anders Lee to way overinflated contracts. We've given you everything you want. We build the stadium, the team tanks, no one's going to the games, no one's buying tickets. Um, we're not giving you any more money because we just can't lose tens of millions of dollars every year anymore. We can't do it, though it doesn't that sound familiar. Uh, so, you know, you can say that you're trying to sign somebody. If Goudreau will sign for you for five, maybe they offer $5 million a year. Who knows? They knew he wouldn't take it. So it's like, no problem. Uh, he'll go somewhere else, but at least say, hey, we tried. But you should have had a plan for something else. It just doesn't. They don't. They don't. It's plan A or bust. And plan A never works. I don't even. Well, here's the thing. I don't even think that was the plan A. I don't think they had a plan. But decides to sit and wait. That is the Lou Lamarillo style. Sit, wait, let the pieces fall, and then try to go ahead and benefit from a bargain deal. You know what it's like. You go to one of those wholesalers where they have a whole bunch of extra merchandise they have to get rid of, and they say, well, instead of charging usually our $15, we're going to be charging down to the low price of 10 for the junk that you really don't need. You can afford to have that philosophy if your team is loaded it's up top. Really good. That's correct. You can do that. But when you don't have the high-end talent and your team is loaded with you know, second, third-tier guys, you're going to have to spend, and you're going to have to spend aggressively to get that type of talent on your team if you're serious about trying to win or not. I mean, they can say they're tr serious about trying to win, but I haven't seen it. What's the, there, Have there been any big game-changing moves since uh, the new ownership even came in, player-wise? No. Basically the same cast and crew. That was here when, uh, when Garth Snow was the GM and Doug Waite was the coach. Pretty much the same guys. Couple of younger guys stepped up who were drafted, but that's it. That's it. Well, let's go ahead and do this. We're going to open up the phone lines, guys. Um, I know guys and gals. Um, I know that we had a lot of people on Wednesday wanted to call in, share their their thoughts, and we're opening up. You could see it in the top left hand portion of the screen. That's always our call in number. Um, yeah, so we're going to open that up. Grump, do you think fans are going to be? Do you think they're going to have the attitude today of, well, I kind of expected this. I'm not really upset. Or are they still going to be livid? I know if we did this on Wednesday, I'm sure they all would have been upset. But that's a few days to cool off. I'm kind of interested. I wonder how the fan base is feeling at the moment. I bet all oh, the people listening to this show are going to be angry. <laughs> that much I can tell you. Grumpy, we're the positive show, man. The yeah, I'm positive they're going to be angry. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, hold on. We've got it. The first one, Grumpy. Guess who we've got calling in first, Grump? Is it D-Cut? Yes. Give me a second here. I'm trying to... Oh, man. Did I forget how to damn link this stuff up? Hold on, D-Cut. I'm trying to get us linked up here, buddy. Um. Oh, man. You go away. We haven't done one of these in such a long time. It says that we should be connected. D-Cut, can you hear us? What's up, TJ? Oh, hey, D-Cut. How are you? 
I know, Good I know, Tom, what's up, buddy? I know that you are ecstatic with the job Lou Lamarillo has done this offseason. <laughs> well, let me first say I was tough on TJ the other day, a little tough on Grump as well. My apologies, guys. I was, you know, you guys came on at the wrong time <laughs> eight o'clock. The signing was at seven o'clock. I mean, my, my fist was, was through the wall. So it was just bad timing, but uh, you know, you guys are, you guys are the best. A couple of things. <laughs> a couple of things. What bothered me so much and why I was so mad wasn't that Goudreau didn't come here. Great player. Would have been terrific with Barzell. But I expect to lose out to a team like the Rangers with Panarin or even Toronto with Tavares. But when you lose out to Columbus, I mean, the dregs of the NHL, everyone's been leaving there. They've been jumping ship for the last three or four years. When you lose out to a team like that, something is wrong. I mean, think about it. New practice facility, brand new arena, went to the Eastern Conference Finals two out of the last three years. Stable ownership, all the things over the last 30 years that we've been here and that's been holding free agents back from coming here. All the media cartels. Ledecky, even Lou said this would attract free agents. When you lose out to Columbus, something is terribly wrong. The perception of the organization by players in the league, not on the Islanders. Once they get here, they love it. They generally resign if you look. But the players who've never been here, we are a dumpster fire. And it's not going to change anytime soon. It's sure not going to change with Lou because he struck out now. I'm going to give a pass on to Varys. He struck out bad with Panera, and he, I mean, he got used. It was terrible. And he had to, he looked like an old fool. I mean, at this point, and I was talking to BP, and shout out to Al's Misery and all the boys. And, and I'll hang up in a second. I was talking to BP. At this point, really what you have to do, forget free agency. Don't tease the fans anymore because it just lets them down and pisses them off. Guys like me who've been with this team since the, the mid-'80s and haven't seen one cup. What you do is you trade for players because once they get here, they love it. And you develop a farm system. Grump, you've been saying this for years. Put your money into your scouts. Put your money into an assistant GM who could – I know they, they got this guy who's supposedly this fixer who's going to get guys from Europe. That's what, that's what you have to do when you're a team like the Islanders. Uh, I mean, do you guys disagree or, or what? Um, we're going to let you go decut, and we'll address those for certain. Um, TJ, if you want to thanks, pick up that other call, thanks, 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 thanks so for much. For uh, always the first call. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to disagree with one point that he said. We can compete with that in the salary cap world. You can compete with any team. You cannot, particularly in the NHL, because you cannot spend above the cap. So well, go ahead, TJ, go. I'm thinking, uh, the way I'm thinking with this one, Grump, is the optics of that and it kind of because it's all kind of fresh that was not something i really had thought too much about the optics we lost to columbus remember when columbus had to do absolutely anything and everything they could to try to go ahead and keep remember they wanted to keep was it duchene that was who the hell was it who was there duchene Bobovsky. every and- single one of those top two every single one of them left they tried to do anything they can to show them that they were the real deal right. they tried to do anything they could to show that they were the real deal grump and they're in a situation where hemorrhaging talented players, all-star caliber players, left and right, and now 
they're not necessarily a huge destination for free agents. It's not like people fall in love with Columbus, Ohio. Let me go live in Columbus, Ohio. Go, go Buckeyes or anything like that, Grump. But it's not the case. And, you know, so that the optics of that is kind of odd. I mean, and here's and here's the issue. I, I think you need to build from within. You need to have a better scouting system, better draft class. Do not trade any more draft picks. I keep saying it every year. Your team's never going to get better if you want to live on the hamster wheel. Just not going to get better. Blow it up. Absolutely just blow it up. I'm in total blow it up mode now. Hey, Brendan. I think we've got Brendan on the phone. How are you, Brendan? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how are you? What, what so, What's going on? What are your thoughts here? Oh, I got, I got thoughts all over the place on this one. Um, you know, first of all, before I get into my woo bashing, I do want to say, like, because, you know, the dust has settled a little bit and everything that's happened. I think without Goudreau, there was really nobody else to sign for that first-line winger spot. So, you know, I think a trade is necessary I am um, outside of signing Goudreau. But, you know, funny, uh, the video that's going viral, with Wadecki. Um, I was actually there. Um, that was my buddy who won the truck. And, you know, and I asked Wadecki towards the end, I said, hey, John, am I going to have anything to, you know, be happy about tonight? And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, you know what I mean, John. And he goes, you know, Wu always says, if you got time, use it. And that really scared me. Again. Um, again. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. I mean, if, if that doesn't scare you, I don't know, because I feel like how much time do we need? How much time does this guy need to bring in that legit, you know, first line winger that we can put with Barzell that we've been dreaming about? And I'm like, how long do we have to wait at fans? I'm a season ticket holder. It pisses me off. But I uh, it, it's scary. I For me, I'm just like, in free agency, you don't have all the time in the world. You want a talent, you have to go out and get them. You have to court those players just to say, oh, you got time use. I mean, like I said, he's like he's like a Lamarillo puppet. I think a Lamarillo. Did you see? Did you see Lou behind him? And it was he going like this with his mouth? That's what I think was happening. He was just running his mouth and Lou was speaking. That's what I think was happening. I just again, I just don't but want to hear what it was. It, it was it was Lou speaking out of his mouth, you know. That's what's scary. It, it's like you were saying, is is the ownership just fooled by him? That's what I think it is. Or do you think he's just using those points because that's what Lou's always done? I, I no, Jesus, I, that's scary. That I, is I think. Scary. And I, got, I, have, I have one other thing. I have one other thing I want to say about the conversation I had with him the other night. Um, you know, we were talking about how Friedman's saying he wasn't in you know, the Islanders possibly weren't in on it. And it, it actually shocked me. Um, uh, excuse me, Ledecky said to us, he goes, you know, that agent, you know, he's a real piece of work. And I was like, whoa, he's actually going there, you know. And he's like, they just use this. You know what it's all about. And he did the thing where, you know, you rub your fingers like the money sign. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, you're saying that with money, but it's known that he walked away from Calgary for money. Yes. So I don't really, I like, where are you going with this? You know? And yeah, I mean, they got to do something. And to be fair, 
if we didn't land Gaudreau, I, I, I've been saying it since day one, I think the move is to make a trade because I don't see anybody else out there that I really think would have made an impact that we need. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Brandon. We'll talk about that. Thanks so much, Brandon, for the call. No and the inside scoop. Have a good night, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> no, that's all I got out of them. <laughs> more than the media cartel has gotten out of them in years but thank yeah, you oh, no, you, you, can't, you can't expect the media to do anything no <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. They um, wow Grump I wow. just for me when he says it's about the money he didn't sign for and he, look what he signed for in Columbus that was a below market deal so what are you, what are you expecting to pay him Five, 7 million we can't pay him more than Anders Lee I mean was that the mentality I don't even that know. Agent was a real piece of work. See, they deal with sports agents all the time. They're like that. Just I mean, like the clients are like that. Yeah, Come I'm on. like, dude, they're gonna ask for the moon. I mean, you give, you know, you don't have to. I mean, just like I said, finally the truth came out at the end. Finally, the truth came out at the end. They didn't want to pay the money. They're cheap. They're cheap. The only guys they want to pay are guys who've been here forever, who they consider loyal soldiers. Ugh. Doesn't that just make you feel fantastic, Grump? I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. disappointed is an understatement here. What do you say about Matt Barzell? If you're Matt Barzell, what are you thinking now? What are you thinking? I don't know. Hey, James, how are you today? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? You know, I mean, thank God the Yankees are winning tonight, 8 1. You know, I'm disappointed. Let me tell you something. I'm disappointed. Listen to me, James. Matt Carpenter, who's on yeah. TJ's fantasy team, has two home runs and six yeah. RBIs and out. I'm getting trounced. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. James. Yeah. <laughs> two bombs, too, anyway. But, uh, you know, TJ, you made a point. I'm really, really worried about what Barzell is thinking of. I mean, we, we cannot have a, a, another, you know, let this guy go, um, you know, and – I'm I'm just really really worried. Like, what is, what is he thinking now? Like, like there's nobody to help on on my line, and you guys and and the people upstairs didn't get one player at all. I I I don't get it, man. You know, and I'm also worried that how how better the Rangers are going to get. That that's a concern. If you're if you're a season ticket. Or any fan who goes to the games and the Rangers come into town and you got to deal with them? I don't know, man. I don't even know if I want to renew my my um, hockey package on Verizon. Wow. Well, I don't I, know if I want to see this team. I, I'm going to renew my hockey package only because I have to watch all the games. <laughs> it's part of the gig, so I'm going to do that. But I, I will – I mean, yeah. to me, like I said, for me, anyway – I would almost say, okay, plan A didn't work. Let's make sure we sign Matt Barzal long-term this offseason. And if he says no, move him. And it's time yeah. to start over. It's time to start over. Because when he leaves, if he oh, leaves, you great. have nothing on offense. You, you, yeah, you have to start over. If he's, if, you have to ask him right now, do you want to stay with this team or not? If not, you got to get some trade value for him. And that's when or, you start moving everybody who's got any value. Brock Nelson, goodbye. Yeah. Everybody. Because you, right. you know you, you know you're in full start over mode then. Full start over. 
Right, right. Uh, and you're, you're right. I think this is it for Lou. I mean, if they definitely, if they don't make the, I mean, you'll know when this team is not going to make the playoffs like a month left in, in the season. And by then, you know, with Decky, I don't know what he's, I, if I was the owner, I'd be like, Lou, what are you doing? You didn't do anything. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to have to hire somebody who, who who's got you know what to get somebody in here, and you're not cutting it, man. They should have you done know? that already. It's not 1995 anymore. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. You, you know. I mean, I was great. I was happy when when he got Lou, but you know, he's, like you said, he's 80 years old. Yeah. Thanks so yeah. much for the call, James. Thank you so much. We love okay. you. Uh, okay. And I just want to say Later. thank you. Uh, Lamarillo did serve his purpose. He gave the stability and respectability for the organization, but it's time to move on. You know, he got rid of Barry Trotswell. Now it's time to move him out too. And, and, you know, James feels just like most Islander fans do. I will say that so far it's zero positive Lou thoughts and three negative on the calls. (laughs) We haven't seen too many of those. No positive calls yet for Lou Lamarillo. We haven't seen any positive mentions yet. But I think, though, James is how most Islander fans feel. I really do. You see every other team making legitimate improvements, sometimes one, two, maybe three pieces to round their team out. It's not like this is a team that couldn't use improvements, and it's not like this is a team that was up against a cap and couldn't make cap space. That's not the scenario with this team. We had cap space, and we've got ourselves a situation where we could use improvements, and the only improvement we've got right now is a second-pairing left-handed defenseman. It's just not enough. As which we needed. Which we, we did, did need. We did need that, but it's just not enough. We could, we're not a team that only needed one piece away from winning a cup. We just weren't that. So, you know, James, you feel exactly the way most fans do. You're feeling the same way I am. And we're just kind of flabbergasted by the whole thing. I just, when, I, when I'm trying to find ways to go ahead and try to rationalize what's going on and the lack of movement, I really just, I find it tough and hard to believe that right now we're in a spot to where they really believe the team is solid as the way it's constructed. I just, I, it's hard. It's so far fetched for me to believe that type of ideology. But here on the phone, we've got Paul. How are you doing, Paul, today? Hi, Grumpy Sally. How are y'all doing tonight? What's up, Paul? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Well, I'm, we were watching to the show today, and the house mother, a.k.a. my mom, who is not a real hockey fan and actually appalls the sport and doesn't have much knowledge in it, came up with a brilliant idea for what Lou should do. He should retire to Columbus because if it's such a wonderful place, he, he should go there and retire and take Fredo with him. And then Ledecky and Malkin need to hire a true Long Islander who actually cares about the team wants it to improve and get and to actually make the team better. Now, all joking aside, honestly, I don't think he cares anymore. I think he's checked out. I think he's cashed in. I think Lou himself just cashed in and checked out. I think he's, I think he's done. I think he's honestly doesn't care anymore. And it's disgusting. I it's think just, I honestly think he's gotten so old and so senile that he just doesn't care. And I don't think his, I don't think any of his assistants care. I don't think anyone really honestly cares. And they just need to fire him based on that. I think that he doesn't care. I, I think that he does care. I just think that 
he's not capable of, do, of doing the job like he used to anymore because he is 80. I honestly don't I don't think so because honestly if he was because you remember the him from the 90s he cared he put his whole effort into it. he was the, the guy who guillotined coaches he was the guy who was aggressive in free agency he was the guy who say was uh, like a no nonsense type of New Jersey type of personality, a New Yorker type of personality. Now he's just an old senile man who just has checked out. Well, I, I don't, I don't, checked I don't out and checked out. Yeah, I don't think I, I, as you get older, I think what happens is that you just kind of you get more mellow. And I think you're right. He used to take, he used to do that all the time. I just think the game has passed him by. And as you get older, you try to take the safe route more than being aggressive. And I think that's where he's at. Are you speaking, grumpy old man, from personal experience? The older you get, the more mellow you get. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's absolutely true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would say I'm probably more grumpier than grumpy, and I'm still only 26. So um, I, I, before, I, before I let you all go, I wanted to invite TJ over to come over to the Lone Star State and maybe come over to see the Anders uh, Stars game. We can try and hang out and try and, conv- and try and bring in some of the Anders fans that come to the game and convince them that they need to stop drinking the Lou lemonade and come to the lights and we can convince us together and have a two plant wrong attack. I don't know anybody who's, and thanks so much for the call, Paul. And thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I don't know who is in the spot to where they are still drinking the Lou lemonade right now. uh, Ledecky is. Even though, even though Brennan told us that, and again, he was there for it. Holy shit. I just, it still hasn't really sunk in yet. I, I, it's tough for that to sink in because I just think it's so far and devoid from reality or where he should be in reality that it's just kind of hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom that the ownership group really thinks that. I, I your buddy Tommy Baffy said they believe they love Lou. They think he's walks on water over there. If that's I the case, they ain't letting him go. I don't know about that anymore now. Uh, maybe, maybe he wears his devil's rings, his devil's championship ring. You think he wears in those? The and waves him. Look, I've done this. What have you done? <laughs> hey, what's up, Alexander? How are you doing this evening? Grumpy and cheesy, my two favorite people. What's up, my family? What's Alexander. What's the up, legendary family? Alexander Rene Diaz. <laughs> yes. So I am still upset about this whole Johnny Gaudreau thing. You know, him burning us with Columbus. I want to go on a little bit of a rant. Go ahead. We need to fire Lou Lamarillo. He needs to go. The game has passed him by for the, what, for the, I think it was the fourth year in a row, we can't land a big name free agent to play opposite Barzell. And we can't even do that with Tavares, and we can't even do that with Barzell. You know, first of all, it was excuse with the Coliseum is old, it's falling apart, this and that. And, but we moved it to a new arena, the UBS arena, a beautiful arena, and we still can't get the big name. I'm sorry, something needs to give. You fire trots, fine. I'm okay with that. But not, but again, where is where is the big fish? Nowhere to be found. And now, you, now you're in a Nazi country, a 32-year-old that's not really going to do anything for you. And then you got, and then I get killed, and then of course I get killed in faces for saying that Anders Lee needs to go. He sucks, and every, and I get killed for that. Like, are you serious? The guy does nothing. He's benefited from Barzell and and Tavares. That's right. Come on, man. That's right. 
That's right. Alexander. Seven million dollar overpaid. Oh, a seven million dollar overpaid injury prone left winger that's only going to get worse as this contract gets along. You can't even move him. As Stanley Cup champion, like like uh, Tampa Bay, can move a guy like Ryan McDonough. Why can't we move a guy like Andrew Lee? Oh, because he's the captain. Who are you going to replace with the locker room? Oh, come on. Don't give me that, man. Brighton Nuss will be a better leader than Andrew Lee any day of the week. That's just my rant, guys. You guys have a great day and love the show. You guys thank are my family. You guys have a great night. Thank, thank you, Alexander. Alexander. Always yeah, a pleasure. It. Thanks, for, thanks for getting the rant in, Grump. I'll let you respond to that. I didn't, don't disagree with anything that he said. Nothing at all. I, I mean, at, he, he needs to go. People think Anders Lee is great. I don't know what you've been watching. At this point, and there are fans who who seriously say, well, we can't trade away the captain. I, I look at it like that. Those are, I'm not trying to be mean, but those are, I would say, fans that maybe low information fans are just fans who just kind of are casual fans. Oh, look, I know we lost, I know we lost 10 to 4, but Anders Lee and Brock Nelson both had two goals. If everybody else is putting up two goals on this team, we would have won, you know, what grump, how many guys are there on the ice? We would have won 100 to nothing. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are other ways he could have made trades for legitimate first-line forwards, but no, he's always shooting at the lower edge. Second, third-round guys, Kyle Palmieri's, J.G. Mm. Pajos. There's third-liners. That's what they are. Grump, I tell you, it's frustrating. It's it's beyond frustrating. Um, we've got calling in Drew if this links up. Hey Drew, how are you? Hey DJ Grump, what's going on? What's oh, up, man, not too much. How about you? I've been pretty good. I just had a long day at work. Um, I just ended like a couple of hours ago, so I'm here to just relax, talk to you guys, listen to the podcast, the usual. Yeah, absolutely. So, now, so far, so far, Drew. So far, Drew, we're 0 for 5 for keep Lou or fire Lou. Everyone's that. Has Lou done a good job? We're 0 for 5 on has Lou done a good job okay. so far? A- absolutely not. There's <laughs> 0 for 6. 0 for 6. Uh, we're 0 for 6. Yeah, it's going to keep going down the rabbit hole, especially. But I want to get into like three of my points. I'm going to keep it as rapid fire as I make it so that I can open up the line for the people to speak their piece. But I wanted to go back to draft day first off, because that's where I feel like I can start this timeline. And TJ, if you want to show Grump, I did send you a screenshot on Twitter and I saw you liked it or whatever. So if you mind showing him, Grumpy, just for context, this is text between me and my uncle on draft day as soon as that Alexander Romanov trade happened. I lost it. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. I'm like, why did you do this? Now, with more time going over, I've always liked Romanov as a player. Um, and I can only remember that because he was on my fantasy team like two years ago. And for the first, like, 10 games of the season, he was on, like, an absolute point there. He was putting up, like, a point a game for those first 10 games, got hurt, and then didn't really play up to expectations for the rest of the season because I don't think he was 100% healthy. So there was that. And then, you know, I go and text my uncle, and I'm basically saying, like, dude, we're so screwed. Like, we're done for. Like, this is the move that Lou makes. And my uncle's like, no, like, I promise you he's got all these moves in his bag. I'm like, dude, this is his move. Like, just look at his track record and tell me he's going to do something else. And so far, I've been proven right. 
you guys have been proven right, and anyone who listens to this podcast has been proven right. Mm. Now, I want to talk about Panera, that Panera thing. I know everyone's getting all reminiscent over it. I just wanted to compare stats to you guys because I think this is important context for what the contract that both Panarin and Gaudreau got. So, in Panarin's season before he signed with the Rangers, he put up 87 points in 79 games with a plus-minus 14. I think you guys seen Gaudreau stats 115 in like 80-something games with a plus-minus of 64. Now, if you compare the contract, doesn't Gaudreau's deal seem like a sweetheart deal? It Eight is. years, seven years, $9.75 million. If you think about it now, if I was playing franchise mode, that pricing tag, if they put up those type of stats, he's asking for $14 million. Minimum. So I looked at this and I'm like, Lou, you couldn't have this even waived one of our players, got some money back, and spent 11 or $10.5 million on the grow. I think he would have signed here. I mean, he rejected $10.5 million to, from Calgary. I mean, why wouldn't he sign here for $10.5 million? if we were so-called in the running. And the last thing that I wanted to point out was one of actually Phil's facts guys that I think should have been our plan B, and it was that Ilya Mikheyev guy. I was watching film on him, and that guy, let me tell you, he's going to be good. I know I know he's like a big guy to skate, and he didn't put up the most eye-popping stats, but I just saw the statistics, and I saw the film on him, and I was like, Imagine if we just signed him for like, I don't know, a David Perron contract was at $5 million for the next six or seven years, give or take. And he's a staple on our second or first line. I'm just sitting here imagining what he would be like as Marzell. Because to me, his game kind of reminds me a lot of Andrews Lee with the shot, who's 10 million times faster. And I think that was the big missed opportunity by Lou. And, yeah, I mean, pretty much all the rest of the free agents left are old ham and eggers are going to ask for overpays or guys who are bottom six grinders. So there's not really much else to sign at this point. And, yeah, that basically concludes everything I have to say. So you guys have a good night. I'll be tuning in, all right? Thank, Thank you, you so much, much Drew. Uh, I'll just touch on um, the first two points. Uh, his uncle, I think, was just trying to talk him down for a ledge from the ledge, which is cool. That's what uncles are for. Don't feel bad about that. And the second point was, uh, what was the second point? I forgot it now. Um, we're talking about Panarin. Panarin. Uh, I think a lot of the reason also why the salaries for Gaudreau wasn't as high was because there's a flat cap for the last number of years or $1 million raise. Well, that wasn't the case when Panarin was signed. They were expecting things to just keep moving and moving and moving along. That's why yeah. they also signed Jacob Truber to that big contract. And like this, it was a bargain sweetheart deal, in my opinion, for a guy like Johnny Goudreau. My God, I was, yeah. he said I was willing to pay 11, 11 and a half million for a guy like that. He's a legitimate, a legitimate top line guy. Top line wingers and franchise caliber wingers do not grow on trees. No. If you're fortunate enough to be graced with a guy like that, you're very lucky. And we were talking about Ilya Mahayev. I was originally not on the Mahayev train, and now that he's gone, I've done a lot more research. I've watched a lot more film. Man, oh, man, could that guy skate. You want to talk about a guy who has unbelievable speed, Grump. There's videos of him keeping pace per pace with Connor McDavid, just unbelievable quickness. Yeah, I mean, 
They signed him on a four-year, $4.75 million a year contract in, in, in Vancouver. And, you know, that's a guy who's a middle six guy. Ideally, right, he's a really solid second-line winger. But if your team wasn't loaded and bloated with contracts like Josh Bailey, with Anders Lee, with guys that you're like, yeah, does he really move the needle for us? You could take a role and a gamble on a guy like this, and it could really pay off. But we don't because we have everybody signed back to these huge contracts, and we think that we can never lose a player because if the Islanders were to ever lose a player off their roster, how could we ever manage? It's not like we could ever go with Mr. Outside NHLer. Not like we could ever go with Mr. Outside Hire Grump. Well, and that's that's the conundrum that you have, right? You you feel since you don't have anyone in the pipeline coming up, you have to re-sign your guys at overinflated rates. And, you know, so you'd wind up just chasing your tail. Stop trading away draft picks. Let guys go. I just, I mean, they just, they always, they overpay for their own guys, which just, no one takes a hometown discount to stay here. Okay, a few did, Pelik, Pulak, but I mean, that's kind of where it ends. Pelik, yes, Pulak, no. Hey, we've got Mark on the phones. How are you, Mark? Hey, guys. Love the show. A uh, few things. First of all, I, I don't think we were ever seriously involved with Goudreau. I think we rollballed him basically seven years, nine million. I mean, we were never, you know, that close. But, you know, my, my, you know, it wasn't even my biggest problem. My biggest problem was all these guys were getting signed while we were kind of waiting on Goudreau. And who knows if Lou was really even waiting on Goudreau. But why didn't why didn't we sign Pacioretty? I mean, you didn't have to give anything up. That's it. You had the cap space. Yep. I, I mean, think- the, fan, the fan base would have been happy with Pacioretty. I mean, you know, now like you know, even like like Kadri and all like uh, it, it, you know, me being a pathetic, desperate Islander fan, like. I, I, I almost hope for them to sign him, but before this this whole free agency started, he was very down on my list because he wants too much money. He's really a second line guy. You know, it's it's very disturbing because I actually do like what we did with Romanov. He's a good player. We're gonna like him. If you expect him to be a first line guy, you're not gonna like him. If you if you expect him to be a second line guy, you, you know Romanov, we're gonna love him. And I could see us signing like a Dahan and that type of guy, but I don't know how you're going to keep Barzal. And and you know I don't want to like sign like a Sunny Milano or I it, 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 it I don't understand what he's doing. Yeah, I like I said for me, I also like the Romanov move, and he will come in as a second pairing D man with Dobson. I have no problem with it. I I actually like it. Needed to happen. Calvin DeHaan, eh, I guess you could bring him in if you want to rotate him in Sallow. He'll be cheap, that's for certain. Uh, but for me, you know, or- something else I wanted to um, go ahead, Mark. You know, something I wanted to add in. Do you, do you think a lot of these like free agent types, and this is throughout the years, um, do you think they don't want to come here because they don't want to play second fiddle to the Rangers? I don't. I, I think it's money speaks. I for the most part, it's money that speaks. Especially if we lowball Johnny Goudreau like that. And I will never know exactly what's offered, but would it shock me if we tried to lowball him because we weren't serious contenders? Absolutely not. It would not shock me the slightest. Yeah, I mean, look at I think we tried to lowball him. I mean, you look at Ottawa, right? Lowball him. Yeah. I mean, if we really wanted him, seriously, we would offer him seriously $11 million a year. 
and just end it. And they could have done that. They chose not to. They, they could have done, done it. it. They could have done it because you cut. You could have got rid of Bailey. You could have got rid of the goal of the arm off. You really could. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's probably a rip off, but you could have done it. And this fan base, we need a free agent signing. It's kind of like with the Yankees. People didn't go to the games for Jeter after a while. They never really went to the games for Jeter. In New York, you go for the free agent signing like an A-Rod. And A-Rod put fans in the seats. Now, guys, if you remember me, I'm the guy who went out to lunch with Lamorello yep. years ago. Yes. And I came away very impressed. And I'm telling you, I, I always listen to you guys. And with Grumpy, <laughs> I mean, Grumpy, you would have loved this guy. You know, so it's not like he's lost his fastball. That's not it. You know, but I do believe that these owners are enamored with him and he could do no wrong. He's a legend. I I get that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for the call in, Mark. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for everything. I love listening. Thank you, Mark. Mark. Yeah, that's, oh, man, I keep hearing that grump, which means it's probably true and I'm the one who is blinded. I'm blinded by my optimism on this case and scenario because I hear from people who have spoken to the owners, people who have spoken to the general manager. It seems like they're just enamored. They've got that love for him, and that oh, that kind of scares me a bit. I firmly have, believe that. You're enamored and you have a love for something. It's easy to be blinded to the flaws and the mistakes that are blatant. But eventually the bottom line will catch up. They say, yeah, something's not working here. And like I said, if Matt Barzal determines he doesn't want to sign back here, you're in real trouble. Yikes. I don't care that, you know, he wasn't at his best last year. He and Barry were like oil and water, right? Yeah. Never going to fit. That was never going to mix. And that was a toxic relationship at the end. And I still think that Barzell played hard at the end, but most of the other players just kind of quit. Mm. And – I, I loved his comments at the end, and he called kind of called out his teammates a little bit without actually doing it. You can he, sh- he should call out the team. He should be the captain going he forward. Should he captain. should call the teammates out and saying, this shit is not going to cut it. This lazy effort we saw at the tail end of the year after the trade deadline. After the trade deadline was over, we went back into a freaking coma and slumber with some of these players who had a, a magic reviving and re, uh, the, the magic revival. You know, the fact that they went back to sleep, that's unacceptable. Now, Mark was right about something. Like the Yankees, it's what's the new shiny toy every year. Mm. That's that's what that's what people go see. And A-Rod, I mean, people didn't you're right, people didn't go see Jeter play. You go to see A-Rod play, though. Because he was I thought A-Rod was a special player, not putting Jeter down, but I thought A, there was no comparison between the two of them talent-wise. And I remember it was a huge deal when they got him from Texas. Huge. Mm. <sighs> Well, we might as well hit a couple of comments while we're... We, we will. We will. I, I just wanted to bring up, because we had quite a few calls in a row. And the call lines, I know, I'm sorry, there was a lot of people calling in earlier. Um, call The phone lines are still open. I know there was quite a few people calling in earlier. We couldn't get to you. We had to keep sending you guys the voicemail. If you call back in, we are open um, for calls. But again, we love the, the participation and you guys calling in and speaking and sharing your thoughts on it. Um, mm. Mm-mm-mm. I really hope that this is the last year for a guy like Lou Lamarillo. I hope it's not unless he determines to step away, they will never ask him to leave. And if that's the case, I hope he's ready to step away. Maybe he wants to spend year 80 to 
87 or 80 to 95 with the family. And when I, I see, I don't think he's got dementia or he's senile or anything like that. But what I just think is that it's just a new era. And yeah. I think he's just past his time. I just think he's past, past it at this time. I know Mark had the conversation. You hear him talking with Shannon. I mean, he was great, honestly. I mean, he sounded really good. Oh, no, he, he definitely isn't like he's got dementia or anything like that. But, you know, you, you think to yourself, I'm like, ooh. You know, you think to yourself, that's kind of, he's kind of, you just wonder if he's he's not as in tune and in years in past. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Hey, you're live here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Who do we have calling in? Brian P. What's up, fellas? What's up? Brian B. My brother from another mother. Yes, sir. The Isles Misery's representing as always. Always. Yeah, cut. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a it's been a rough, rough uh, off season to say the least as Islander fans. I'm just I'm just more I'm more pissed off that it's like it's just the same old, same old. It's five, like, everybody's like, oh, Lou, we got Lou now. Great, Lou. All he does, he's traded away three first-round picks of the five years he's traded away, three of our first-round picks. He landed a, sec- a third-line center, a third-line winger, and, and a, maybe a decent, but a probably a number four defenseman. Is that, I mean, you can't do that in a salary cap era. But then if you're going to do that, at least means you're going to go sign free agents. Well, he doesn't do that either. Still can't score. Same problems we've had since the day one when he arrived here. Yeah, we need more pop up front. Where is it? I, I don't see it. <laughs> so, I just, I can't, I, it just drives me crazy. I mean, don't be bad and boring. At least, like, you got to be able to feed the, the feeder with young talent. We just have nothing. What? Maybe we got like two prospects to look forward to, and they're not ready yet. I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. Very frustrating. This guy gets away with. His reputation from 20 years ago, and it's no one calls him out on it. It's it's rough. We call him we, out on this show, though. You know that, Brian. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> we all do. Oh, but it's just like nobody, nobody will ever say, you know, it's okay. Lou was great, GM, years ago. Different game now, and he's not. He hasn't won anything since the salary since the salary cap's been implemented. Not one. You know, Joe Namath. You understand? You know, Joe Namath was a great quarterback once. Just not anymore. It's not a crime. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. It's not a crime. <laughs> what I think we're going to say regarding the media cartel is they're not going to say a peep when Lou Lamarillo's here. Once he's gone and he officially steps away from the Islanders because things are not going to end well. That's not going to be one of those to where when everything transpires, we're happy with the way Lou leaves the team. I, I, should, I think that's plain and simple. I think then, after yep. he's gone, we're going to see them be all strong and tough. Oh, Lou at the tail end had, you know, he was kind of making mistakes that he wouldn't have made it that earlier on, but he was, you know, at the tail end, things just kind of eroded. They won't say any of that shit when he's here, but once he's gone nope. and it doesn't matter, then they'll be like, they're big, bad, tough guys. Yeah, we're holding him accountable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we, we, five years yeah, too late. Him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> five years yeah. too late. I hear Five years too late. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, a pleasure, a pleasure talking. All right. Great, great talking to you guys again. Yeah, Thank it's always you. a pleasure, guys. All right. Thanks, BP. Bye. Got that for Trump. Yeah, but uh, he's not wrong. Well, see, for me, I think you're starting to see certain people now kind of 
BP's always been, BP's Cut. always been one of those people. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just talking about some writers. They're starting to come over a little bit, questioning, not really questioning, but kind of questioning a little bit, saying, "What's you know? Is there a plan B? They're going to have to do some things." Your job working in the media and writing, even if you're a blogger, your job is to question every freaking move and everything on a hypercritical level that Lou Lamarillo and the Outers organization does. Your job is by definition to be inquisitive, to be dubious about every fucking move they make. And you're not just saying, this is the best move ever. That is not good. That's not a good writer. That's not, you know, like that. That's one of those where you think to yourself, I'm like, Oh, fantastic. This is just another puff piece. And you wonder why you get a bad reputation. Your job is to question. Your job is to be mm, dubious, bro. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I question all the time. We've always questioned. Always. Even when things are going well, we're questioning. Exactly. Because if you're not questioning when things are going well, you're just completely blindsided when things start to go bad. And you're like, how could we have stopped this? Yeah, we've we don't play the revisionary historian. We say it as it's going on. Why is this occurring? And a lot of the fans do too. Listen to this show, and a lot of fans, I think, in general, have the same thought process. Grump. Yep. And mm. hey, carry the torch of freedom. Freedom, John Smith. And again, the phone lines are still open, so we're just going to start hitting some comments. But if you guys want to call in, the phone lines will be open. John Smith said, 236 signings in free agency. The Islanders won the entry-level contract. Woohoo! Drew L. says, remember what Ledecky said while out at golfing. We trust in Lou. Two times general manager of the year. See, that's problematic. Yeah. What's up, Scott? How are you? Matthew S., how are you? Hold on a second, Grump. Yes, they did sign uh, Callie Odalius. I mean, all of a sudden now they're all of a sudden now they're tell, saying that they're signing people to entry level deals, second round picks. Boy, that's new. That's quick too. <laughs> when's our, when's our next uh, feature on Coco the service dog going to come out? Oh, grumpy, grumpy. Hey, you're in here with TJ and the grumpy old man. Who do we have calling in? <laughs> that must be Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> Johnny Goodrow. Uh, Tammy Panarin. John Tavares. Peter Sakura. Bruce Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that was. <laughs> that was Lou from the landline. I don't know. It was just it seemed like I think Lou accidentally sleep called us. Lou from the landline might accidentally slept call us. Grumpy. The worst thing was he wakes up and he signs Andrew uh, Anders Lee. That's the worst part. Oh man, that would have been great at the end. Like, huh, huh, huh. Oh my gosh, I overslept. Anders Lee, we need you here immediately. I'll call Mary. Yeah, we got to justify giving up that first round draft pick by signing by by just throwing more uh more the baby out with the bathwater and giving him a multi year deal. Ugh, I'm sorry. Ugh, terrible, terrible. I tell you, it is. Um, hey, you're here with TJ and Grumpy Old Man. Who do we have calling in? Hey, this is George. Hope you guys are doing well. First time caller. 
Hey, George, how are you? We're doing all right for the circumstances. <laughs> well, you know, that that's actually why I'm calling. So uh, when the Romanov trade happened, that's a guy I know a lot about, was playing first-line minutes there in Montreal. Tons of potential. I thought, okay, Barry's gone. Things are going to be different. Um, I thought, you know, by day free agency came, Bailey was going to be traded. Um, they had the money to get Gaudreau, but they needed to move guys off. And it's this crap where he signs contracts to guys that don't deserve new contracts, and then they claim they don't have the money to go out and take advantage of an opportunity like Johnny. So now I've moved into the phase where it's like, okay, for the rest of the summer, they better stock the front office with guys that they can evaluate, assistant GM types, and uh, lose contracts up to the end of the year. And like, I just hope kind of that's it. Because I think he's gotten to the point of he's been so successful, I don't necessarily have to do anything. And he's comfortable. You know, he, he's a comfortable guy, and we need someone that's going to be aggressive. I, and I, I think that's been one of the, the common themes with the callers here, too, is we do not want to have a dumb reactionary move that as we've waited, as the dust has settled, oh, we're going to sign a guy like Sonny Milano. We're going to we're going to bring Sonny Milano back to Long Island. We're going to bring we're going to bring X, Y. We're going to bring in middle middle six forward John Smith to play here for us. I feel, I feel like that's the that's the only thing they could do at this point in making a move for something of that nature. I just think would be a critical blunder. Yeah, I mean, but the whole thing is yeah. Go go ahead, George. Okay, Grumpy. Um, I do think there's the guys they can get. Like I, I love Tanner Janot from uh, Nashville as a right wing. Winnipeg has to make the move. They got a lot of talented wingers. I I think if he tries, he can get a Romanov type at forward. If he tries, and I don't know that the owners are going to put pressure to make him try. What do you guys think? I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to make. I don't think he's going to make a move. And I keep on telling TJ that if you're if you're going to bring somebody in, you have to move somebody else out. There's just just no two ways about it. You have 14 forwards signed to contracts. I mean, you can't. What are they going to do? Have a whole line just sitting in the you know. Sitting in the bathroom, healthy scratch. It's on on long term deals too. It's just they need to move some guys out before they can bring anybody in. They should have done it the trade deadline. No, no, true. They should have done it the draft. They should have done it post draft. Look what the Devils did today. Look what Pittsburgh did today. Look what Montreal did today. Not afraid to make a move. They're trying to make their teams better. We're just treading water. Just treading water. And I, I, one of your comments. I think the whole organization is too comfortable. That's what I think. The whole yeah. organization just way too comfortable. All the players, management, everybody just too comfortable. No accountability. And and that's what you guys always talk about is the media cartel that is too scared of them to make them uncomfortable to where they have to do better and they go and spinning their their BS constantly. Yes. Um, I got one more question for him. I'll let you guys go. But I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, Grumpy, this one's for you. Do you regret trying to make TJ watch movies so much instead of like trying to teach him to read when, when he was younger? <laughs> you know, the whole thing was I tried to teach him to read. He just did, didn't take that. You remember, he's half Polish. So, you a know, long time. 
it's a struggle for guys like that. Oh, good gracious. All right, guys. Have a great night. Good talking thank, with thank you. Thank you so much, Thanks George. so much, George, for calling in. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like after every single one of these calls, it sets in a little more and more that maybe I, things are worse than I they, – even worse than I could imagine. The fans are fed up. Yeah. and You should the, be. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? So far, I have not heard any of these in Louis Trust calls. Not a one. Not one. So, I mean. To play devil's advocate, I think our listeners and and viewership are not necessarily the Louis Trust fans. Well, you figure somebody would have just called up to troll us, at least, a Lou fan. I know there were. Now you're opening up the door, Grum. There are absolutely some of the bootlicker people who uh, listen to us. And you figure, you know, they believe in Lou. And I think that maybe they're wavering a little bit. That's what I think's happening. I think you're seeing a lot of wavering. Good, good. You should. Every look at look at how organizations are run, and I feel like we've become so conditioned to this. We can't fire the head coach. We can't fire the general manager. We can't. We can't do this. We can't do that. Every other team in the league, when you have unsuccessful time periods, they fire head coaches. They go through head coaches. At the freaking flip of a switch. It's the same thing with general managers. If you're not getting the job done, you're gone. GMs, GMs stay longer than coaches. A little longer, but the mistakes that Lou Lamarillo have made are grossly incompetent at I times. Just, and I love it. Right, People are going on and defending Lou. Oh, talking about, I've seen so many things that Lou's done well. I'm just like... Okay, yes, in the past he has. And he's served his... With the Islanders. Okay, but he has served his purpose here. He made us respectable again as opposed to a laughing stock. He did. He, he did. did that. He brought in Barry Trotz, who was an adult in the room, who also brought us as far as we sure. could. I said, in the regular season, they got... Barry Trotz got us as far as he possibly could. You couldn't ask for anything more. Barry Trotz has his own issues that we've talked about numerous times. Ad nauseum. Yes. Right. But still, they both serve their purpose. You don't keep a guy forever. Lou doesn't, I mean, Lou doesn't hold coaches more than two or three, you know, years ever. Well, he should move out as GM too. Lou Lamarillo has done two or three really important things, or maybe two really important, a three really important thing for the Islanders, just like you had mentioned. He brought respectability back to the Islanders. And even though we lost out to a, a top-end free agent to a team like the freaking Columbus Blue Jackets, he still did bring respectability to this franchise that was a cellar-dweller for years and years and years. There's no doubt about that. Then, you're right, he did go ahead and bring in, he went ahead and brought in Barry Trotz. That is hugely important to bringing forward this team and bringing us into, into you know, modern day hockey, bringing us out of that, out of the cellars where we were. And he brought in Sorokin. Those are the three really big things that he did. You know, I was thinking something else. I remember when Tommy Baffy was on here a couple of years ago. I remember when they signed Barzal to the three year extension and it dragged yeah. on into training camp. Yes, and, it's literally right. It, he wasn't even signed when training camp began. It dragged it dragged on midway through training camp. And that was the first time we heard from Lou that, you know, if you have time, you use it. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. And, you know, when Tommy mentioned, well, they wanted to sign him to a longer-term deal, 
but they ran out of time before the season started, so they signed him to the bridge deal. Well, you know something? That's why you don't wait on star players. You have to be ahead. You got to be. You got to get out in front of that. If you, you if you're saying that. that it got too close to the season, so we had to settle, then you should have started back during the season to get that extension done to sign him to an eight year deal. Here are the two ways that we can, and we've got a caller on the line, so we'll we'll link him in a second. We've got two ways I think we could somehow save a little bit of this offseason that has been underwhelming at best. Locking Noah Dobson up to a long-term deal and negotiating a deal once Matt Barzal's contract expires here to a long-term contract. Those are the two ways I believe that we can truly save or help try to salvage some of this offseason that has been miserable to start. But, hey, we've got a caller in. Who who, who do we have in here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man? My name is Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, guys. I was wondering when Blue first came on, what were your guys' uh, thoughts and predictions uh, for the first uh, couple of years that he was going to be here? How much credit does he deserve for hiring Barry Trotz and the results the team has achieved so far? Do you still think he'll make any trades before the season starts? I heard you talking about Romanov earlier. I agree. I, I think it was good. Um, as far as defensemen or defensive targets could have been, you know, just, I know we we're looking for a forward, but as far as the defense goes, you know, do you think Lou, Lou did all right there? What about also chances of uh, perhaps seeing Farley maybe packaged uh, away? And uh, I didn't hear this as well. After Gaudreau was gone, who, who would you guys have liked to have seen Lou or just us, you know, Isles acquire uh, that was not already taken as well? Uh, that's, that's what I'm curious about. Okay. So, um, I've got I've wrote a few of those down. Um, so I I know you need it. Um, uh, the first one, the first Lou one. Lamarillo, was, what were thoughts on Lou Lamarillo when he joined? Uh, when he joined, I was a hundred percent behind him being there, and his best move, his absolute best move, was bringing in Barry Trotz as coach. Yes. People forget where we were viewed from the NHL, from fans around the league, from our own fan base. A stock, an absolute joke. And it was a brilliant hiring for both of those guys. Everything runs its course. What did they do? What has Lou really done? He's never acquired anyone who you would say, man, that's a missing piece guy. Not from outside the organization. Right. It's all, okay, little, let's bring in a third liner. Let's bring in a fourth liner. The I think the biggest acquisition i wouldn't even really call it an acquisition but making sure he was able to seal the deal and get sorokin to the united states that was that's the biggest player that we technically wasn't under the organization's control was under the organization's control but didn't have a contract that he was able to get inked and signed he did that by signing varlamov to you know a contract that at the time period when he signed was probably a little bit more than what the market would have indicated for him because of the poor time he had in colorado but he's done you know a very very sufficient job here um under you know greco and corn and, and with the islanders and getting sorokin here was unbelievably important the trot signing just as you mentioned was a huge one as well um that's that's uh, you can't uh, we've been hard critics of barry trotz he's been a, he's a fantastic coach but has his his deficiencies like all coaches do but just as you mentioned general managers and coaches don't have a shelf life of 20 or 30 years it's not like we're talking about a bottle of water here or a non-perishable yeah. item not anymore and yeah, uh, guys, guys, when 
one last thing, guys, and then I'll I'll, let, I'll hang up. Let you guys talk. Sorry, you guys are great, by the way. Um, how much you know? When do you remember? Uh, I think we were targeting Panarin, and then he chose the Rangers. How much of that is on on Lou? Uh, and then we ended up with Anders Lee, right? I heard Grump earlier not <laughs> describing Anders. Uh, what do you guys uh, think of that? And, and have a good night. Thank All you right. so much, Brian, for calling in. Yeah, and uh, TJ, you can pick that up. I'll answer the rest. Um, I don't put any of that on Lamarillo. I don't think he ever wanted to come to the Islanders. He just used us as a bargaining chip. The the biggest mistake was making the reactionary uh, overpayment for Anders Lee. Um, I didn't view him as anything more than maybe a four-year contract. They didn't need to give him so well. Montreal was looking at, well, let Montreal overpay him. Montreal would be in the fr- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, like I said. Montreal with that contract, yikes. We, we, but we tend to overpay for guys. I love the Romanov deal. I think that was a good deal. I just um, thought it was an overpay. Here's the thing. Realistically, I'm expecting a guy to be a top four defense and probably a second line guy. I, I maybe there's he something very special. Maybe his offensive production skyrockets because he's so raw on the offensive side of the puck. I just think for the 13th overall pick, could have been a little bit of an overpay. Um, but but for me, he's 22, and if he and Dobson are a great pairing together, no problem at all. Um. And they said he wanted to know trades coming up. Do you think there are any trades that are coming up, Grump, that you anticipate the Islanders to make? The only way there's a trade is if they try to bring in another offensive piece. I still think we can maybe we might sign an inexpensive bottom pairing left-handed defenseman to maybe split time with Sallow if they don't feel comfortable where he's at. I'd rather just roll with Sallow, but I could understand if they don't feel that way, maybe have uh, Sallow and, like I said, uh, I don't know who mentioned earlier, uh, DeHaan as a possibility, but, you know, I'm fine with that as a bottom pairing guy. He's always hurt anyway, so Sallow will get a lot of minutes. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, just like you mentioned, I don't think there's any upcoming trades. I could see maybe us trying to revisit back on JT Miller. That's maybe it. People mention. Okay, got teams like Toronto don't have enough cap space. They have two roster spots they have to fill left. You know, they've got to sign Sandine back. You know, are we going to maybe broker a deal with Toronto? I I don't know. It's wishful thinking. I feel like every time I go down that hole, I think maybe this is the year we finally are able to get one of those talented young offensive pieces from Toronto, and it never happens. They always seem a way to make the cap work and to keep their offensive talent intact. Um, So I'm a little... uh, I, I, probability of these trades to be made, I would put is low. Um, after Johnny Goudreau, who would we have wanted Grump after he signed? Well, Johnny Goudreau signed later in the day. So a lot of those middle middle guys that are free agents, like your Vinny Trocheks, like your Barakoskis, those are all gone off the board by the time Johnny Goudreau signed. Yeah, but again, Vinny Trocek, who I think is an Islander-type player, mm-hmm. we didn't need a second-line a second line center. You bump, bump Brock Nelson out to winger. Okay, but I mean, seven years for Vinny Trocek. How old is he? Twenty nine. Was I thought it was six? Is it seven? Seven. Seven years, five plus. The money was okay, but the term is long. Yeah. And he's a guy who's. I mean, just his style gets dinged up every year. I like Vinny Trocek, not for seven years though. Mm. I mean, David Perron, the kid who wound up going to Vancouver. Those were legitimate I, options that we could have used. We could have we could have gone ahead and taken a different viewpoint to say we're moving. Hey, maybe we can get some draft capital back in return for for a guy like Bavillier, for a guy like for for a guy like Varlamov. We could bring in different options we've got with Mahayev, with Peron, etc. 
and that's the whole thing, right? Again, going to have to move somebody out before you bring somebody in. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Frank, how are you doing this evening? Hey, guys, how you doing? Oh, you know, well, for, for, for the circumstances, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, Lou hasn't driven you guys to suicide yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> take a lot more than Lou Lamarillo. It'll take a lot more than Lou Lamarillo uh, not making a move to send me to suicide. Yeah, I, I hear you. Amen to that. But uh, he's really, like I've been saying, he's just too old. Your brain naturally just wears down. He needs to retire. We got to get a new guy. And uh, I'm hoping with Trot's gone. That Ball, Wally, Barzell, Bells, I think they're all going to step up their game big time. I, I have a feeling. I hope. That's, that's the best, but, that's uh, the best case scenario. That's that's best, best that case is scenario. best case scenario. Bellows. People forget Bellows. His auto, it seemed like he just seemed his body language totally changed when Lambert was there as coach. We know Wallstrom had issues with trots. We know Barzal has had issues with trots. Anyone who's young has issues with trots. I mean, so we all know that. And I think Lane Lambert is, I mean, he was okay. I understand why they hired him because the team is a veteran team. Do you want a whole new voice? And they say a new voice in the room. Well, if you're bringing in somebody with a whole new style, these are all guys in their 30s. Would they be able to play a totally different style? I think that's questionable at best. Yeah, for some reason, they're fixated on the older guys, but they're older guys. So we have to break free from him. And I think, you know, it seemed like we had a lot of cap money, but I thought about it. We have to sign a lot of our own guys. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise we didn't get Goudreau. I'm hoping. They're only all we have to, all we have to sign is RFAs. I mean, Dobson, you could give Dobson a two, three-year deal of $4 million per. Romanov, you have to sign. What's he going to get? Two? Bellows, what's he going to get? One and a half, maybe. Again, if you want to bring somebody in, you got to move somebody out. You could move a Bailey. You could move a Bavillier. You could move a Volumov, and then you have salary cap money. We were not in salary cap trouble, not not in the least. This yeah. team, for me, and I'm just going back to the previous caller, this team, if they want to have a successful offseason at this point, needs to do what Tampa Bay did. They need to sign – your Sorokins, your Barzals, your Dobsons to long-term deals. Well, that's what that's what I was mentioning too, Grump. And and thanks so much for the call in, Frank. Uh, you know, hopefully now thanks, how are guys. you how are how are you feeling? Are you okay there mentally? Lululemon not doing anything? Nah, you know, I, I kinda I hate to say it, but I kinda expected him to drop the ball. You know, what else is new? Oh. You know. So, but hopefully I'm trying to stay positive as much as I can. Hopefully we get some break where I, I think Bo could really play great with shots gone he's got all the tools he needs to produce at least double what he did last year i think this is but, thank, thanks so much for the call frank um we really thanks, do appreciate guys. it um, i think that's a good point now we're in a spot to where these young guys these are big years for them there yeah. should be no excuse no excuses for barry the man keeping us down barry's not allowing us to flourish I mean, that excuse for the most part should be gone Yes. Right? That shouldn't be an excuse that you could use for young players' productions or lack of production. That's right. This is Bavillier's, to me, this is his last chance. I mean, I think he's, um, I think he's restricted. Is he restricted after this or unrestricted after this year? Give me one sec. I'll have it pulled up. I can't I mean, remember off the top hand. But he, and he might have one year left on his uh, in restricted free agency. I'm not quite sure after this year. 
but you need to make a judgment on him, a judgment call. If he's not somebody that you see as being part of your team going forward, uh, you look to move him. He's he'll be a UF. He'll be he'll, he has after this year. He's got one year left, so he's got this year and one more year, and he'll be a UFA. Okay, so yeah, you, you really have a little have, bit of time you, on him. It's a make or break year for him. Yeah, I think it is as well. A- absolutely, here, Grump. I mean, like that's that's got a lot to prove. These young guys do. He especially does. Um, but uh, now we've got in on the line, John. How are you doing this evening, John? Oh, hello, John. Oh, I think you have the wrong one. <laughs> oh, hey, who do I have calling in? I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's Mike. Mike, sorry. Okay, your name popped up as John, somebody else. So my mistake. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, no worries. I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Oh, Splendid. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to drop in and give you some information you might have not heard about. And then I'll let you guys continue and, you know, take more callers. Uh, I don't know if you guys already know, but did you see the video with Ledecky uh, where he was interviewed? Yeah, it yeah. Looked like he was being held at gunpoint. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we we, listened, we, we talked about yeah. that at the beginning of the show today. <laughs> okay, I was, I was in a space the other day on Twitter with about, I don't know, 100 people. And there was, a I guess, a fan in there who said he was actually uh, at whatever that event was. I don't know exactly what he was doing there Ledecky but he told me that he got to speak with him directly and Ledecky told him that uh Gaudreau had completely used us that we did have an offer in for him and he basically took what we put and you know gave it to Columbus so you know do with that information what you will I just found it you know really interesting and uh thanks guys for letting me call in Thanks Thank you so, so much, much Mike. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, and 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 we actually spoke with another individual who was there. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it was. I think his name was Brendan, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah, it was Brendan. But we've had. Uh, uh, maybe it's the same, okay, same individual. Different. Welcome, guy. welcome to the world of sports, John Ledecky. I mean, that's what agents do all the time. His agent was hard to work with. He, oh, no. he took he took our aid he took our offer and went to Columbus. Well, what does it tell you? Supposedly Jersey offered more. He'd want to go to Jersey. Guess what else it tells me? He didn't want to play for us. Well, here's the thing. I think we offered less than we offered less than Columbus offered. We offered the least. Who the hell knows? At least from what it the rumors have been. We've we offered the least out of every single team in unrestricted free agency. So it wasn't a serious offer, which would also validate Elliot Freeman saying. They weren't a serious contender in Johnny Goudreau sweepstakes. Long story short, he didn't want to play for the Islanders. Long story short, I don't think we were very serious about him either. Well, maybe if they would have offered him 10 and a half, like well, Calgary no, we just, did. We just offered him a comparable offer to Columbus. I Here's the thing. The money wasn't really it. He turned down and left how many ten fifteen million dollars on the table with the offer he had from Calgary. Calgary's offer paid him more, more than Columbus's offer per year, higher AAV, and an extra year on the contract. So he left money on the table, like almost ten million dollars, or I'm sorry, almost fifteen million dollars. And yeah, it, I don't think necessarily is about the money. So you know, you're leaving ten fifteen million on the table. You know, that's a lot of money. He didn't want to play for the Islanders. Oh, okay, maybe we just were not willing to offer because we were not in serious contention because we weren't serious about acquiring him. I just think he didn't want to play for the Islanders. If he took their offer, if he took our offer and ran to Columbus, 
He didn't want to play for us. Okay, maybe I don't think he took his offer and ran to Columbus, Grump. It wasn't like his 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 agent said that they went to Columbus. Columbus's GM said we were surprised they came to us. That yes, tells me that they were they took the Islanders offer with, and they said this is what they're offering. This is what the Devils are offering. What can you do? He didn't want to play for the Devils or the Islanders. If maybe the Islanders were paying him so low underneath what he – maybe he really wanted out of Calgary, but he wanted to go back towards the eastern part of the country or maybe he wanted to go – well, technically, he wanted to maybe go back to the U.S. He wanted to go kind of towards east. I mean, Columbus, I mean, Ohio is more central. But um, maybe he wanted to go closer in that direction. But I, uh, He shopped the Islanders deal. That tells me he didn't want to go there. Landeskog did the same thing. Panarin did the same thing. They Islanders, what can you offer us? Then they'll leave. Oh, the Islanders are offering that, you know, whatever. You know, the Islanders are hot for this guy. It's they everyone uses the Islanders. No one wants to play there. No one from outside the organization wants to play there. Mm-hmm. No one has ever come to the Islanders, an established, good established player, has ever gone to the Islanders as a free agent in over 20 years. There's a reason. There are multiple reasons. They just don't want to play for the Islanders. Period. Okay, Grumpy. Hold on. We got another caller here. Let me link him in. Hey, you're live here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Is this Chris? Yes, sir. How you doing, guys? Doing well. How about you, Chris? I'm doing well. Well, you know, just a little support to the free agency, but, you know, hanging in there. This is just the life of the Islanders, you know? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on free agency? What are your thoughts on the organization and the franchise as a whole? Well, you know, honestly, I, I'm kind of glad uh, we didn't sign Johnny. Um, I've been kind of looking at this at more like future wise, and I really feel that this team, the core, is just not built for the new NHL, if you want to call it that. Um, so, in a way, I feel like we kind of dodged a bullet, and I kind of, in a way, hope that Lou doesn't do anything at all. I kind of just let his contract run out and kind of, I think we might have to rebuild after the season to be very honest with you. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I just don't see how we can really, honestly, I just feel like those two years with the conference finals, it just really was due to the like small schedule. And I just don't think this team, the way it was playing, we're just not built to like really compete and go far to the playoffs. It's just a different NHL now than it was when Lou and Trost took, took over, I think. 100% agree. You're right. And go ahead, Grump. The only thing I'll disagree with you on, Chris, is I think that Johnny Gaudreau is a modern NHL player. I 100% agree with you when you're saying the team that's currently out there is not a 2022 NHL team. You're right. They are not. And we do need to walk away from that. The only way to do that is to stop trading away first round draft picks for guys like a Kyle Palmieri or JG Pajot guys who are close to the backside, if not on the backside of their careers, because you got to refill that pipeline. That's the only way that you're going to be able to bring us into the 21st century. Now, that being said, I don't know how these players are going to turn out who we drafted this year, but they seem like they are more in line with the current way the NHL is being played today. I want to also say something here, too. We talk about the window. We're in an odd situation. We really are. You've got still... Pelic and Pulak signed long-term. You've got young pieces on the defensive core. 
and now Dobson and Romanoff, your defense is really solid and filled out. And you've got a goaltender in Sorokin who's a young goalie, at least in goalie standards, who's got you know five, five to seven years of really high productivity still left. So our backside of the team is really solid. Even if you were to go through a rebuild time period, it would just be more stocking up the covers on the forward side. We've got a few pieces that you could say I could be optimistic about, but yeah, it's. I, I feel like the Johnny Goudreau signing would help. It would help for the now because there are certain players on this roster that are toxic assets. As they get older, their their contracts are just uglier and uglier, more grotesque. Um, but uh, I just think you're talking about for the fan base. You're talking about for autos, offensive productivity. I think Johnny Goudreau would have performed at a high level for the next four or five years at least. Oh, definitely. I agree. I think he would have performed. My only issue would have been that if we sign Johnny Goudreau, you would basically have to play Petrus with the cap, right? So if a team knows that, okay, we just signed Johnny Goudreau and now you got to move assets, that means we got to probably give away first-round picks, which we never, which we need because our prospect pool is abysmal, basically. What And what I would have done beforehand, and you had to do this at the draft, you had to be proactive with it. Yes, yeah, sure, you would have been gambling a bit. You would have been saying, wow, we're really putting all of our eggs in this or a lot of our eggs in this basket. But when we're when we're thinking about when we're thinking about what they should have done, you could have proactively before the draft moved a guy like Bavillier. You could have moved Varlamov. That right there is nine million in cap space. You could have also right Bailey probably would have cost you something to move. You probably just based off of the goalie market, you would have gotten draft picks for Varlamov. You would have gotten draft picks for Bavillier, and you could have hopefully remained net neutral or maybe had a little bit of a positive gain if you're subtracting Bailey and Varlamov and having to trade, or you're, you're subtracting Bavillier and Varlamov and then having to try to trade away Bailey so you maybe have to give up assets on that area. You would have done that proactively. You would have enough space for a Johnny Goudreau. You could have also gotten a guy like Perron to add a little bit of that pop, pop, you know, pop to the party. You do not need to be paying your backup goalie $5 million. True. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much yeah. for the call in. I, I think that, you know, I, I, I think the Islanders are in a spot to where I think it would have brought a lot of joy, but I'll let you get your last word in Chris. Where do you think the, where do you think we are as an organization? Are you happy right now? Upset right now? Uh, I would say I'm not upset or happy. I just think that this year is going to be a make it or break it. And I, I'm really looking forward to the season. Just, I just want to see what the guys do with Lane Lambert behind the bench. Uh, but I feel like also this is Lou's last year from what I've heard. Um, I think his contract is up next season or next off season. Um, so I, I'm taking more of a, you know, kind of just watch approach. Uh, but let's see what happens. I mean, that's, this is just less than I understand. So hopefully there are better times ahead. But right now, look for a little grim uh, to, put, to put it on us. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for the call. And we really do appreciate that. Um, grumpy old man, any other thoughts you had on that? No. Gotcha. 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 Um, we still have the phone lines open and here's the thing, guys, the phones, I'm happy we've done it and we need to do it more in this off season. Um, but we're probably not going to read comments or not too many comments. I apologize just because there's so, so, so many of them and we're still getting calls that are trickling in. So we're trying to read just that, you know, a few here. Um, Scott L said the penguins making two trades today, the penguins trade defenseman, uh, Mariano, uh, Marino, Marino and uh, and the Devils to the Devils for Ty Smith. Ty Smith is a young defender too. Um, you know, he's he, I think he was an ex first or a second round pick, an early pick, I believe. Um, trade number two, the Penguins uh, trade away Mike Matheson, 
who they originally signed him as an unrestricted free agent from uh, Florida Panthers, right, Grump? I don't think signed him as a free agent or if he was traded from Florida. But, yes, that's where he played from. They're trading away Mike Matheson to Montreal for Jeff Petrie and uh, Ryan Poling. Uh, while Sleeping Beauty Lou hasn't done shit for four days since free agency opened. Seeing other teams making moves and signing guys trying to improve their teams while Lou sits there and does nothing is so frustrating. Am I the only Islander fan that feels this way? They have been needing a score since the loss, uh, since the loss to the Carolina Hurricanes in 2019. I'd argue even before then. But no, you're not alone, Scott. Everybody who listens, everybody who's been calling into the show feeling the same exact way. And I so mean, Robbie and I. Do you, I mean, do they really feel, does Lou really feel that they were one defenseman away from competing for a Stanley Cup? 18, I mean, points, out of, 18 points out of the playoff spot. And 16, we felt it was only 16. It was only um, 16. 16 points out of a playoff spot. We're one defenseman away from not only making the playoffs, but also winning a cup possibly. We need yeah. to make the playoffs. I mean, I just, I just, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't believe that. And they're going to find out this year that's not the case. Just not talented enough on offense. Just not. You can't play the same. I think we learned last year that you can't play that grinding style for 82 games. Team wears out. That's what happened to us. There are, no, there are no excuses going forward. A lot of comments here, Grum. Sadie Survival said, um, I was wondering why we gave extensions to some of the older prospects. Um, I think they are just there for trade sweeteners. By the way, I'm the last Aho fan standing. I think they'll turn him into another Tory Krug. Uh, the reason why they did that for the extension, so they have a Bridgeport team next year. Um, could they be they could still be trade sweeteners? It's not like they're getting paid big money. And uh, I'm also an Aho fan. I don't think he's going to turn into Tory Krug, though. I think really best case scenario is he's a bottom pairing guy. That's best case scenario. Mm. Um, got a comment here from Emmanuel R saying, "Good evening, gents. So, what does Delu do from now until the season starts? Same thing he's been doing the same whole off season. Nothing. Nothing." Doug R. saying, I challenge anyone to go to Cap Friendly, look at Lou's signings and trades as an Islander general manager, and then try to tell me that he will do something good for this team. I don't see that happening. I just, every trade he makes, he trades for guys who are just, okay, they're middle, bottom six guys. It's not what this team needs. We need top-level talent, top-pairing top guys, two of them. We need two guys for the first line. You can't bring in guys who are the same thing as what we have on the team. Why just rearrange the chairs on the? Why just rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic? Mm. I mean, um, and then we got here from Sal P saying, "Good evening, guys. Hope everyone is doing well." Is it shocking to anyone that Lou is asleep at the wheel? Isn't that a country song? Isn't that a country group asleep at the wheel? I'm not sure that you're asking the wrong question. You're asking that question to the wrong person. Mario says, what do you think of the criticisms that have come Lamarillo's way from other general managers? Lamarillo's archaic rules are turning off players from signing with the honors. I've seen that as well being a reason maybe why after all of the, all of the fancy items, the, the brand new arena, the great practice facilities, everything we've added that's still tough to sign free agents is because of, you're right, the archaic rules perhaps from Lou Lamarillo not living in the 21st century. 
if that grump if that's truly the case you should just relax the rules if that if you're going to let something like that cost you from getting a high end talent you need to adjust overcome and adapt to that you need to adapt to the current players it's not like the players are going to adapt to an 80 year old he has to adapt to them it's a different era it's a different time frame if you can't keep up get out you can't run with the big dogs go under the porch Oh, good gracious. John Smith says here, it came out that Kadri turned multiple teams already because he wants to go to contender. He's not going here. That's, I guess, the one positive. The very Hopefully true. he doesn't see the Islanders as a contender, so we don't even have to worry about him coming here. Uh, Pac-Man says here, why would we want Kadri? He's 31 years old. Um, he's going to want a long-term contract. Plus, he's a center. And he's a suspension waiting to happen as well. He's one blow or one wrong look at away from going berserk on the ice and <laughs> taking a suspension is right. He, he's going to go back to Colorado. That's where he's That's going. what I heard. That's what I heard probably is going to happen. Aaron G says, let's go Red Wings. Well, Aaron G, you've got a lot of things to be positive about as a Red Wings fan. That's for certain. A lot of moves that, that have been made there by Stevie Y have got to make you excited. Um, Nick D says, TJ, the curve, how are you doing tonight? And he also says, Andy Francis had some good points on good things that Lou Lamarillo has done for the Islanders. TJ, I think you're right. This has been, uh, this has been, this has to be the last year for Lou though. Yeah. Lou has done and made good moves for the Islanders over the last four or five years. He's also made some real stinkers as well. And it's at the point where I'm, I'm looking for a little bit of a younger face. The only positive to think that he might leave, because people say, well, he's not going to stick around for rebuild. Well, if he's not sticking around for a rebuild, then maybe he's going to leave after this year. That's why I look at it, because the rebuild is upon us. I think we're already there. We might already be there, guys. Yeah, it's possible. And, and if we already are there, right, at least the trade, we gave it the 13th overall pick, which I'm not bananas about, but at least we got a young defenseman that if he's a top four, maybe if he's a top-pairing guy, can grow into a top-pairing guy. I'm not complaining. If you go ahead and give up the 13th overall pick for a guy who winds up being a top defenseman, top-pairing defenseman, I'm not complaining about that at all. Yeah. Um, Michael T says here, replacing Char with Romanoff and Green with Sallow should help the team offensively. It should. Agreed. It definitely should. And ideally, right, if you're going to have the young guys should maybe take a step forward. Your Wallstroms, your your Barzals, your Bervilliers, your Bellows, but your older guys are also probably going to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, and I don't think it, when Romanov comes in and plays with Dobson, it means Dobson gets to lead the rush more because he's got a, somebody who's solid defensively back there who can skate, which he did not have last year. Hmm. Mm -mm. Steve M says Ladecki is worse than the Will Potts. Ooh, that's pretty bad. Oh man, oh man. And then uh, Frank says here, uh, big deal, general manager of the year. Why did he even win those? What does it do? Because he overpaid for for trades and he overpaid in trades and contracts. That's it was all exactly. just based off his name and the cachet. That's, that's right. Why it's a popularity contest. Very true. No, that type of stuff goes. Um, and then Stephen B says, please. Until this team gets two top six upgrades, they aren't going anywhere. A bunch of 12 goal scores that need to be replaced by a couple of 30 to 35 goal scores, like Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, do you think he'd make a move for Tarasenko? I don't. 
No. I mean, uh, when he why was would you there for a freaking fraction of the price last offseason? We weren't interested. And he's going to be 30 years old. I mean, so what are you going to do? Great. Left on a contract, ready to cash in on a big freaking deal next offseason. Yeah. I mean, is that something you're interested in? Again, I'm not guys who are in their 30s. I'm not giving them six, seven year deals. Just not happening. Mm. Not from my perspective, it's not. You've already made that mistake how many times? Yeah. Um, we've got, hold on, Grumpy. We've got Paul. He's going to be joining us on the line. Um, hey, Paul, you're here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. How are you doing? What's up, guys? Oh, not much. How about you? Uh, just walking around. Typical Saturday. Exercising a little bit. Trying to uh, pull off some steam. Oh, much. Oh, you might be walking if you're if you're if you're blowing off steam for the Islanders, you might be running a marathon, my friend. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Well, I'm also uh, known as Meatball Parm, by the way. Oh, Meatball Parm. Meatball Parm. There you are. How are you, Meatball? Well, let me ask you. I'm me, doing great. Let me ask you, Paul. Now, thoughts on the off season. What are your thoughts on the organization as a whole? You worried? You happy? You content? Where are you sitting? Um, this is what I actually expected the entire time. Um, I, I'm with you guys. I don't think Gaudreau had any intention of even coming here. Um, I don't think I don't I don't get the whole Columbus move to be honest. But um, I I think even if he offered ten eleven million dollars, he wasn't still coming here. Wow. Absolutely no way. Mm. I I don't think I don't think he had no. any intention of coming here either. I 100 percent agree with you. And I think as for the organization, I think we're headed to another like 20 years ago where it's just going to be just a bunch of older guys or just not, you know, stars we're not getting. And we're just going to be in the doldrums for the next, you know, five, six, seven years until we eventually pick up our draft picks and stop trading them away. I think we're going to need, yeah, it's going to, in order for us to have that change in mentality, it's, it's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take a new general manager. It's going to take, you know, a, a new viewpoint. So the only way for that to happen is with Lou gone. But I think, Lou I gone. think one thing, I, go, ahead. go ahead, Paul, go ahead, Paul. I, I, I also, you know, I go off of what you guys are saying as well. I think that it's pretty much a done deal. Paul not, is not um, coming back yet. He's not signing back. And I actually am also worried about Sorokin. Is he going to want to be part of this disaster? I don't think so. Yikes. You want to talk about when it rains, it pours. I mean, that's that's obviously worst case scenario. You lose a guy like Barzal. You lose a guy like Sorokin. I mean, best case scenario, as we talked about earlier, all the young guys step forward in their game because, you know, the, the Barry Trotz, of, you know, very critical, hypercritical on younger players has provided them to tighten the stick a little much. And, you know, they don't necessarily excel in that system. Maybe with a little bit of more offensive freedom and flexibility, we see them take a step forward in their game. I mean, that's the best case scenario we have. And it's one that I'm not putting a high chance of probability that every single one of those players take a huge step forward in their game. Right. But that's that's no, the way you have to look they're, at they're it. who they are. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the way you need to look at it is does Wallstrom take a step up this year? Does Bavillier take a step up? Uh, does Bellows take a step up where you could say, okay, Bellows, you can play on a second line. Uh, can Wallstrom be that first line scorer? Can Bavillier maybe be elevated to the second line? Then you're because your defense is young enough and solid enough, and with Sorokin in net, where you can withstand 
taking a step back and transitioning all the older players out and just go with draft picks from here on out. Yes, you'd have a little bit of a downtime, but by the time that the young, or the time the draft picks come in, then your veterans would be your Wallstroms, your Bavilliers, your Barzals. I mean, that's, I think, best case scenario for the Islanders going forward. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I agree as well, but you know what? To tell you the truth, I might, and I might just be pessimistic. I think this is who Bavillier is. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, this, develop into this, you know, great player. I don't think that Walsh is going to develop into that either. I think this is who they, I mean, that might be unfair for, for Walsh. I don't think that they're those kind of players. I don't think they're difference makers. I agree. I agree with you, but Bavillier, I think at this stage, the one thing is he's consistently inconsistent, uh, but Wallstrom is still young enough where he can develop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul yeah, has- I mean, listen, I mean, if you if you put him on if you put him on uh, Barzell, you know, on Barzell's line, yeah, that'd be right. great. Like I said, I think Barzell's going he's either Seattle or he's going back to Vancouver. He's going home. That's that's a scary thought. That's what gives you the nightmare fuel. <laughs> but Paul, thank you so much for calling in, buddy. Thank you so much, Meepo Parm. All right, no problem. Have a good, have a good night, guys. You too. you too. That's what I like to do too on a Saturday evening. Sometimes I go out and I walk or something like that. Especially like, oh man, got a lot to think about. The Islanders are are sending me to their sticker. They're being sent right to the cellar. Oh man, who doesn't love that? And, when was the last time you took a walk on a Saturday night? I do it sometimes, girl. We're doing this show. Like, for example, I haven't eaten today. After this podcast is up, I'm going to eat. I'm going to cook up some some pork, some uh, some bacon wrap pork tenderloin, Grump. And, oh, man, I'm, I'm hungry, Grump, man. I have a question for tomorrow's podcast. I'm going to ask the people. Oh, God. What are you going to ask, Grump? How close to meat exploration date will you purchase the meat? Okay, cool. We can go ahead and do that tomorrow then, Grump. Um, Give me one second. We do have another caller here, Grump. I'm going to link him in. Um, hey, you're here live with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Who do we have calling in? Hey, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh-huh. Yes. No, I want to comment on uh, the offseason. I mean, it's tough for the Islanders to make any sort of moves without decent money coming off the book. So I'm not sure why everyone expects, you know, any significant free agent to come if there's no money coming off the books, and you have to sign Sorokin, Barzell, and Dobson. So I guess it's, people are surprised, but I'm not sure why they are surprised. Well, I, let me just throw who, who, who do we have calling in, by the way? Tommy. Hey, what's up, Tommy? Um, yeah, I, I will say this here. Um, we did have cap space. We've got $12 million in cap space at the moment. Now, Barzal's contract wouldn't take place until next year. So even if you were to sign him, let's say, to a long-term deal, you still have contracts that fall off the book after next year. And and you got like, for example, Varlamov's contract will no longer be here, right? You could have managed if you wanted to. You could have traded guys who had value. Um, and other general managers across the league managed to do that. They managed to trade away, free up some cap space to change up the composition of the team a bit. I think we were at a point to where we needed to change up the composition of the team. You know, we were 16 right. points out of a but, playoff but spot. I, yeah, go ahead. Right, but coming off the books, obviously the added significant contract, the money coming off has to somewhat offset it. So at that point, adding a player like that without taking off a player like, you know, Anders Lee is probably overpaid, obviously. Bailey is Bailey is Bailey. 
I guess it's kind of tough wanting to add a player for nine, ten million without any player coming off offset it in some aspect. Well, and who's responsible for making sure that happens, right? The GM. So don't there's don't there's no way that you can't tell me that he could have moved could not have moved Anthony Bavillier and Semyon Barlamov. This is all on him because if he fired Trot, now the rest is on him. Because Trot took him to as far as he obviously could. I know, you know, in past podcasts watching you, you know, obviously you want the team to generate more offense. And Trot, you know, could have been maybe a reason. But any other team, if any other team with a different coach, this team obviously isn't close to what it is. So now I know you want it, you know, Barzell's not happy. He wants to play more of an offensive style and all that stuff, which is great. It's more entertaining for the fans. But we saw it happen five years ago when they were scoring five goals a game but giving up seven. So, you know, it's kind of they're in a tough position where do they want to generate more offense? Of course. But that may come to, you know, obviously, hopefully not giving up more goals, which we, we experienced that years ago when, you know, Barzal had 85 points as a rookie and the team still missed the playoffs. So I think it's all about a happy medium, too. I don't want my team to be all offense, no defense, and I don't want my team to be no, uh, you know, all defense, no offense. I want my team to be balanced. Right. We've got a goaltender who's but a top five, top ten goalie in the NHL. Our defense pairings, a guy like Noah Dobson's budding into, you know, a, a bona fide top line defense or top defenseman. You go ahead and make a trade for a guy like Romanoff who who rounds out your solid top four. You can afford to be a little more offensive minded because your defenseman ideally and your goaltender, who's a top-five guy, are going to be able to carry any sort of slack that you may have. I mean, when we look at right. the time period with Doug Waite, our goaltenders were Yaroslav Halak and Thomas Grice. And, you know, they, I'm not saying that they were, well, you know, incompetent in that. Matter, but, look, who, look who Colorado had in that. It doesn't matter. Francois was 6-0. So it shows what's in front of them is more important than kind of what's in the net in terms of style of play. They're not good enough to play offensively. They, they can't play, obviously, that run and gun. So they, the way Trot coaches based on what he has in front of them, they can't play that run and gun style because if they do, they're they're an average team at best. So it's pretty much what he sees in front of them. They have to play a defensive style. They have to win 2-1, 3-2. They can't play that up-tempo style, which now it's going to be very interesting if they start playing or trying to play more of that style. You hope it doesn't come back to kind of bite them because they're not good enough to play that style. Mm. So he kind of coached the personnel, what he has in front of him, they don't have those. You know, Barzell's obviously the one game breaker, but you know, outside Lee Nelson, you know, Bailey, they're not good enough to play a style that fans want them to. So, boring was winning. So, you hope excitement doesn't turn into more losing, which it may because you know, you can only coach what you have in front of you, which is a, is a very interesting, you know, this going to this season, no one knows the unknown. Obviously, not having trust by the bench, so it's kind of like you know you hope that Lambert can kind of build off what Trot did, saying that who knows if that personnel is good enough. Yeah, I, I think what TJ was trying to say is you adding Romanov helps you offensively oh, as well. The guy had seven seven goals in a hundred and something games. I mean, he yeah, no, yeah, but, but, but here's the thing: instead of having Chara back there, who's like a pylon. You have someone who can actually That's transition cool. the puck up to Dobson, and Dobson will get more involved right. in the rush because he knows he has someone back there who can cover for him when doing that. My concern is, is do you hope for 
from the defensive end. That's yes. what you're basically saying, right? Yes. Because now, offensively, nothing, and they're slow. You know, they they play a pretty, you know, basic. Vanilla. Yeah. Very they, vanilla they, offense. They have to uh, because if they want to play run and gun, they'll be in the bottom of the standings. They're not going to play. They can't play. You can't play run and gun when the majority of your team is over 30 years old. Yeah. So until you start about until we start transitioning away from that, and I think we can. I think you saw that in the draft this year. Even the defense when we were drafted, not everybody was six foot two, six foot three, six foot four. They were smaller guys. But what do they all do well? They all skate well, and they're good puck movers. I think they've realized that they have to transition away from the 1990s hockey to the 2020s hockey, and hopefully that's what they're doing moving forward. Yeah. Yes, that's what that's what I guess we're all hoping for. And as far as you know, hopefully Paul Merrick can do it the last twenty games and stay with Anders Lee and all that. Because if if Paul, those are the two X factors this season, Paul Mary and Lee. Hmm. If those two guys don't play like they did the last twenty games, it's gonna be a tough season. It's gonna be it's a tough season. Be it's gonna be a tough season then. <laughs> well, Tommy, <laughs> thank thanks so much for the call today. We really do appreciate it, Tommy. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Yeah, if you're expecting more from Anders Lee and Kyle Palmieri, forget it. I mean, yeah, they play good for 20 games. But it's not going to be a substantial amount. I mean, uh, Palmieri, I want to say how oh, Palmieri was so great in the second half of the year. He had 14 goals in 40 games. That's not great. Mm. That's not great. And it's when the season was over. Um, we got a few comments here, Grump, and and again, I apologize. We're not going to be able to read through the comments, guys. Usually, we would have been reading through earlier, but we wanted to have the call in show. We wanted to let people be able to call in to speak. And again, if you want to call in, right, we'll have the the line open for a little longer, but we'll have the line open until we end the show today. Um, but you know, like you know how it's a seventh inning stretch, ding 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 ding. They start singing that for the last time to buy your alcoholic beverages. We're we're starting a seventh inning stretch here for for the call in. So ding 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 ding. So get ready, guys. Take me out to the ball game. Anyway, I don't what what grumpy. You're a terrible singer. I can what well, you sing it then. Take me out to the ball game. Grumpy. I don't. I'm not. I'm not mixing my sports. I only mix my sports on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. Ah, that's tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel. Make sure you give it a check out. Um, the Islanders, our Islanders 91 says, I stand with Lou. There's your one. There's your one. Maybe he was being facetious too. So I didn't read all of the comments. I just looked at that one. I just said that was the one I saw really quickly. So I said, boop, we'll pop that up. Um, Vinny L said, the follow-up question should be, why can't this team attract any big-time players? Absolutely. Yeah, he would. That's that's one you want to say. No answer, no response. You'd have walked away. That's the one you. Ha- oh, you'll need to talk to Lou about that. You know, we we've done a lot to improve this. He would just he would have he would have he would have just beat around the bush and just not answered it. Um, uh, Cameron with the cam said, "TJ, make another peanut butter and jelly example again." <laughs> Boy, that was that was bad last week. Get old grump. <sighs> Unless you're pushing things and trying to t- trying to improve and trying to do better, you always stagnate. So you can't stagnate, Grom. Come on now. Whatever. Okay, there's your peanut butter and jelly example right there. Take me out to the ball game was the peanut butter and jelly example, huh? No, you trying to explain the peanut butter and jelly thing. Stick it where the sun don't shine, no uh, Definitely not a 
definitely not a douche, says here. I've been through Columbus. It's a shithole. Al-Qaeda wouldn't waste a suicide. <laughs> wouldn't waste a suicide bomber on that dump. Still better anywhere than Jersey. In Jersey. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Tony, D Tony, Tony G's. He also says, TJ looks like he buys meat on clearance, even though his wife is a doctor and he can afford regular stuff. Tony Cheese, I don't buy it on clearance. I buy it when it's at a reduced price. You buy it on clearance. You buy clearance meat. Hey, man, guess what? Don't buy clearance meat. meat. And, and they say the sell-by date is the 18th. I still have two days, Grumpy. Two days by sell-by. You mark the price down of the meat for certain. Why you not? That, you've eaten cheese that had mold on it. And you ate the whole thing. I'm like, what is what wrong mean? with I you? I eat cheese with mold on it. You're disgusting. It's like an animal. I love how you didn't even answer that. I didn't eat cheese. That is that is a hefty allegation you're mounting against me. I never eat cheese with mold on it. Come on. He eats expired meat. And he's no, proud of it. Fired meat. Uh -uh. I buy meat at two days until the sell-by date, and they mark down the price ten bucks. Why it's wouldn't gray. I? Get it? It's it looks like it's cooked in the case. What do you mean? It's gray. The meat is gray. It's not even red anymore. Oh, stop! You're being ridiculous. When you uh, open it up and it smells, well, go ahead, cook it. What was the thing that you ate that was bad? There was something that you ate that was bad, and you ate the whole thing, where your wife had to make you throw it away. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, well, don't worry. I'm going to get all the information for tomorrow's show. The exact item and the date. What are you talking about? Yeah. He's done that before. I ate me. that was bad. Meat was bad. Food that was expired. He drinks anyway, junky yeah. milk. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, Grumpy, if you're going to do that, hopefully you're going to be able to do your research, Grumpy. Get in touch with get in touch with my wife, okay? All Alex right. K says, uh, McCabe never planned out either. Hedman would have changed the destiny of the team and we got Tavares. It's funny. Do you remember, well, I can't remember who it was that we had spoken with that had connection there. Garth Snow did not want John Tavares. He was yeah, in selecting John Tavares. He wanted Victor Hedman instead. You remember okay. That? Yeah, but here's the thing. Hedman would be gone by now, just like that, Tavares. That also very well could have been a possibility. And Tavares put uh, butts in seats for a while. Hedman's never done that. Yeah, well, winning does butts in the seats too, but it, it probably would have. He maybe already would have been gone. That's a very good point. Uh, Sunday Sand says, who do you guys want us to get? That is still possible to get. I no. don't. I don't think there's anyone out there right now that we know of. I mean, there might, there might be some guys who are potentially trade targets that other teams are offering up, but I just do you really think they're going to make a move? I just I don't want us to trade for anybody either because as we've seen in the past, we're going to overpay for who we trade for. That's just overpaying for what we receive and getting underpaid for what we give away is just a freaking habitual. It's like a, it's just something that consistently happens for Lou. I just I just hated the narrative before the draft. Well, you know, the number one draft pick is on the table. Why is the number one draft pick on the table? You're totally bereft of talent in your farm first, system. First, first round draft pick, bro. not number one overall. Yeah. you're. I mean, you're totally bereft of talent in your farm system. Why would the number one draft pick even be an option? That's what I want to know. I would have rather moved a player as opposed to the draft pick. The players, don't draft players don't have value of a 13th overall draft pick. Here's the thing. When you have no talent in your farm system, 
You cannot be giving away draft picks. Hopefully some of these guys pay you as many kicks to the can as possible. How many years? I mean, because Simon Holmes was a waste of a draft pick. I consider him a zero. That was just a bad, bad draft pick. So I'm considering him not even a draft pick. Have they? I mean, it's been four years since they've had a first-round draft pick. Four years. Because mm. Simon Holmes was consensus like late second, third-round player. Oh, you know, man, Grumpy. Well, hey, I know we didn't. And again, I'm sorry, guys. Usually we go through all the comments, but today is a little different. We had to call in. So I guess we're doing a little ding-ding-ding last time for a call in right now here. But we're wrapping the show up. Grumpy, what do you want to say before we start wrapping things up? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. And thank everyone who called in today and even those who didn't. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, this is the first time we've done our call-in show this offseason. Um, so I, I loved everybody who called in. I loved all the interaction we have with you guys. I loved, you know, speaking with level-headed Islander fans who, you know, are at a point to where you're not happy and, you, and you're not afraid to articulate your displeasure, right? I feel like in the past, people have just been so – if you have any displeasure, you're upset with the team, how dare you? How could you be upset? Look at this. Look at that. We're fantastic. Oh, man, we made it to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, aren't you? And some fans still do that. They still say, are you not happy and satisfied with back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals in the last four years, two in the last four years? And I think us and fans of the show, we want cups. They don't, right. you know, they don't go ahead and hang banners of we lost in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2020 and in 2021. They don't do that. You know, they hang your banner up when you win a damn cup. That's when right. You're, you're, you know, you're king shit. You're coup d'état, and, and you know, or you're 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 the, you're at the top. Of, you're at the top of the mountain. You're at the pinnacle. And you know, we haven't done that. That's always the goal. And I think that the fans and listeners of the show agree that the goal and the objective is to win the cup. Uh, that's that's my goal always. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, I cup want- or bust, cup or bust. Is that what Lamarillo and Barry told us last year? Cup or bust. Well, we bust it out, and then you're doubling down on your busted ass hand. <laughs> uh, what? Maybe I think no one listens. Michael T saying. Grumpy addressing people that don't listen to the show is hilarious. Yeah, I just care for it. We just care for everybody. What can Alex Casey, new to the show, enjoyed it. At least it's nice. Well, thanks, Alex. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and we got a few of those comments there where people were thanking us for the show. Yeah, Brian P saying great show as always. And thank you guys always for the kind words. And 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 again, the well wish is always thank you guys for calling in. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for commenting. Um Thank you, as always, Grump. I feel like a lot of thanks. I'm thankful today. Even though the Islanders have disappointed us, I am thankful today. I just want to talk about Alex's comment because it looks like he's a doctor. I wonder what he thinks about you eating expired meat. I don't eat expired meat. Damn it, Grump. Uh, Matthew S. said, good show again. And Frank S. said, hit the thumbs up button. That always apparently helps the algorithm. That's right. I know we're only two hours and 30 minutes in, but hit the thumbs up button. Yeah, and, and Sunday Sand saying, great show as always. Thanks, Sunday Sand. Alexander, great show, guys. Thanks for everything. Thank you guys for tuning in. So, again, I like when we get to talk with everybody. And, you know, the reason we do this show is not for anything. but Oh, shit. <laughs> Guess what I forgot to do? Right there. The ad. The ad. Oh, well, <laughs> well, we're not doing one. Oh, well. Um, I mean, we're not sticking one in it two hours and 20 minutes. 
But, uh, you know, we love that we do this show and we get to talk with everyday Islander fans about a team and about something that's so important to them and important to them and their family. And, and uh, it's something I really do enjoy doing. I love having to call in shows. I love getting to talk with you guys. I, I absolutely love it. Um, and, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you again, grumpy old man. My pleasure. We got a few more. Jake saying, strong work, fellas. Appreciate that, Jake. Jeff F saying, great show, guys. Thank you. Scott H giving us the thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you one more time, Grump. A little fun in the sun with Scott. A little fun in the sun, Grumpy. That looks like Greece. Is that Mykonos? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yep, Alex K gives a little thumbs up. Thanks there, guys. And thank you again, Grumpy. We'll see you guys this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hopefully by then, the Islanders will have made a move. Maybe there's a trade in the works. Maybe there's some sort of free agent signing. Who knows? Um, but in all likelihood, they will be all quiet on the Eastern Front once again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you tomorrow at TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you go to our YouTube page and go to the channel, you're able to see if you scroll down. It's a featured page called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. If you listen to the podcast, it is in the link in the description below. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. And we'll be talking more Islanders content this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much, guys, and thank you, Grump. Thank you.